Okay, so now time for part five of the uh, Coffee and Heroes End of Year show for 2018. Uh, so just a quick shout out, just uh, we finished off the part four with uh, Best Miniseries. Again, we said we would read out Roddy's answers for each. Um, for his, it was a miniseries called Exit Stage Left, The Snagglepuss Chronicles, which was printed by DC Comics. It was a six-issue miniseries um, uh, on the classic Hanna-Barbera character. None of us have actually read it, so we can't... It's something, that, it's something that I was sort of interested in, in getting a look at, for sure. Yeah, um, something on the radar, but we've we've not quite indulged quite yet, so we can't talk too much about it. The only um, one of the Hanna-Barbera crossovers that I was very much interested in was the Yogi Bird struggle. See, see, this is not that. This is... This is, this is like is a, their own... I think the, the, the Snagglepuss... It, it looks at um, a very, sort of very serious topic. Uh, where 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 Snagglepuss is a he's a, he's an actor on on stage, mm. uh, I think he's gay, and I think it's looking at at, at how it was to be, you know, a, a gay man at that at a time when the Office of uh, Anti American Activities was was very much in you know in that whole sort of proto fascist regime. So it's 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 a I think it's more of a historical type commentary using. Using Snagglepuss as the as the uh, protagonist, yeah, I think anyway. <laughs> yeah, this is from not be, not reading it. Yeah, guessing. <laughs> I mean, even just the front cover of it is Snagglepuss, you know, wrapped up in an American flag. So, um, you know, one of those cigarette holders in his. I was gonna say hand paw, surely. Well, it looks more like a hand. It does look like a hand. It's reminded me of Black Sad a little bit, which is uh, a classic uh, European comic book where all the characters in it are actually represented by animals. Really, really class. Mouse. Animal form. Oh, fantastic. Mouse I still haven't read. I picked it up. It's it's on my <laughs> large pile to read. That'll probably be my next year classic that I should have read. That before. could be mine as well. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, uh, you've got Secret War 3 too. Also got Hellblazer Volume 1. I will finish both before the end of the year. That's promised. 2018. In the end 2018. of 2018, yeah, that's what I mean. Okay. Yeah. That's what I mean. Fair enough. Uh, cool, so we're going to move on to the next uh, category, which is Best Artist. Uh, I'll start off by reading out Roddy's answer, which was Liam Sharp. Obviously, we waxed lyrical already a little bit about Green Lantern, Liam Sharp being the artist on that. He also did a six-issue miniseries, The Brave and the Bold, which uh, managed to work in the Giants Causeway <laughs> into DC mythology, which I thought was fantastic. He also helped spearhead Wonder Woman when uh, Rebirth launched as well. Yeah. Um, for me, I've got a bit of a left field uh, one on this. It's actually a European artist um, called uh, Enrico Marini. Now, it was someone that, whose work I was never familiar with before this year. But he was hired to write a Batman tale, which was re- released in quite a unique way as well. It was released as... Mm two um it was released as two individual graphic novels um graphic novel one graphic novel two called the dark prince charming mm. number one had a great batman cover number two had a great joker cover i was one of those ones like i don't mind as a comic reader waiting a month to read a comic or even two months if it's good like doing the clock but the idea of reading graphic novel one half a story and then waiting six to seven months for the second one didn't yeah. really appeal to me so I just bypassed it, waited for a collected edition to come out, which it did in uh, November. And it's hands down one of the best things I've read this year. Story-wise, very simple. It's very much a cat and mouse game between Batman and the Joker. Uh, art style-wise, I, I just showed a little bit to the boys here um, before we start recording again. 
and you know it's a painted style it's, it's beautiful it's it's got a little hint you of can, alex ross you can tell it's european oh absolutely european. That's, that's kind of the joy of it you know i love different interpretations of classic characters i mean you you almost think there's only so many ways you can draw a batman or only so many ways you can yeah. draw the joker and in this they're done in a way that's just quite unique you know it looks different um, there was even one splash page where like Batman's raining down on a couple of thugs on the street and you even said it yourself normally that would just be encased in shadow but they yeah. went to the effort of the detail of the suit and you know there's this great double page spread where Batman's just a top of gargoyle perfect Batman imagery looking out over the city uh, I absolutely adored this art style as I say there's nothing else he's actually done this year but this alone was enough to put it to the top of the pile for me I did struggle with this one a little bit in terms of what to pick because I think there's been so many great artists working this year. Uh, but this was just the one when I read it, it just really stood out to me. Um, so I'll just I'll just throw it out there as I say. That is uh, Enrico Marini and that was for the Dark Prince Charming Best Artist of the Year. How about yourself, Keith? For me, um, there's a few in the list. John Romita Jr. is always up there. Probably my favourite artist of all time. Is this um, going to be another tease where you name like six things before you get to your actual point? I haven't decided. <laughs> uh, what we're discovering here is that Keith likes foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I can take that. Uh, so, John Romita Jr., Silencer. He's done Superman. He's done Spider-Man. He's kick-ass kick this year. Ass, you know, he's, yeah. he's great. Did a lot of Nightwing um, covers. I'm enjoying... He did he do an original did. sketch he's, for and he's a, Yeah, he's a big favourite of the shop. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I mean, it's um, just to throw it in really, really quickly, but yeah, we managed to meet John Romita Jr. this year, and the man was an absolute gentleman. Couldn't have had more time for you. Couldn't have been nicer to you. He's one of Vicky's favourite artists, if you, as you heard her chatting about. When we met him, she genuinely couldn't speak to him. She was just like, bah, 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 bah. I was like, we're a big fan of your work, sir. And then she relaxed and then just salt of the earth kind of guy lovely guy really can't say enough about him um hopefully we may have some news on him in the future but we'll wait and see that's another thing for another time another thing for another time um so yeah john romita jr uh obviously from a from a lineage of fantastic uh artists uh, his father being john romita uh, of marvel fame oh is that what his dad was called yeah did he sign his books jrsr no. I know he didn't, but I would have been great. JRSR and JRJR. Uh, I've been enjoying uh, John Davis Hunt's art on The Wildstorm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, great very stuff. detailed. Uh, Jim Chung on Marvel 2 and 1 on Justice League. Uh, again, great stuff. Uh, I just love his, his art style. Because uh, he Ryan, came across from Marvel. What was the main things he worked on Marvel? Uh, on Marvel, he did... Oh, uh, it was... Young Avengers was mm-hmm. the first time I think I saw Jim Chung, uh, but he's been on a lot of different stuff over the years. It was that was mm-hmm. th- Children's Crusade and different different stuff like that. He's. So I remember uh, being a bit of a, yeah. a a big sort of scoop for DC to get him across. Yeah, for yeah, absolutely. And I mean, he, he was. I think he was finishing off Marvel Two and One as he was starting Justice League, uh, the reboot, the you know the renumbering. Uh, Ryan Stegman and Venom, fantastic stuff. But for me. I think Artist of the Year this year has to go to Ryan Otley uh, of uh, coming off Invincible after a 144 uh, issue run with Robert Kirkman uh, and then jumping straight on to Amazing Spider-Man alongside uh, Nick Spencer. Um, it was just, I was really excited to see, uh, just to see Otley jumping straight off one thing 
you know, and do something completely different. Spider-Man, and I hadn't thought about it. I hadn't thought who would be a great Spider-Man artist, mm-hmm. you know. And then I looked at Invincible and I thought, of course, Ryan Otley would be a great Spider-Man. It's just, it's one of those no-brainers. Yeah. You know what I mean? When, when Ryan Otley did Invincible, did he ever do anything else or did he... No, he... Streamline focus. He had, been, he had been on another uh, book, Haunt, that, oh uh, yes, Greg uh, uh, Capullo worked on as well. Yeah, Kirkman uh, as well. Uh, Kirkman, I think, yeah. originated Martin that as well. Uh, and there was another book, but he's he's I mean he's he's forty three years of age, but I I think he must have come a wee bit later to the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe uh, he doesn't have too much to his name. Uh, Amazing Spider Man Haunt well, Invincible. Invincible what one hundred and forty four issues. Even if they did twelve issues a year, that's twelve years. Well, yeah, uh-huh, absolutely. So, um. Yeah, uh, he's been on it since two thousand two. You know, <laughs> long run to be yeah, on it. Is. One uh, he had time in two thousand six to do a Superman Batman annual. Uh, <laughs> other than that, I must find that for you. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh. Yeah. So for me, Ryan Otley, uh, I think he's doing a great job and amazingly did a great job. Invincible. Uh, it's a uh, not quite cartoony style. It, it's clean lines. It's colourful. It's suited. Uh, what was a a classic superhero book, or at least a superhero book that took all of the classic superhero, you know, memes and just turned them on their head, you know, yeah. you know. But that it still had that classic superhero style, you know. Um, and he re- it was obviously part of the identity of Mark Grayson and Invincible. Uh, he was the look of Invincible, and Invincible had so many different things in it, and he just turned his hand to them, uh, whether that was. Uh, Hulk like Muller twins whether that was uh, a dude with an expanded brain whether that was uh, aliens of all kinds uh, you know it was absolutely you know galactic uh, empires uh, or his bedroom or the kitchen on his house on earth you know what I mean it was all it was never too much for the guy he clearly had fun doing it so he's a perfect fit for Amazing Spider-Man which should be the fun the core Spider-Man book you know, so, yeah. so yeah loving it loving it's interesting it. that he started the year finishing off one of your favourite indie titles of all time and then jumped on to your favourite superhero of exactly. all time for yeah. the end of the year exactly so yeah ran only there were a couple of issues of Spider-Man that he got taken off I don't know if he was putting some political messages in the background or something mm. like that they were quite subtle ones apparently mm. but he got taken off for a couple of issues Humberto there Ramos was, came on yeah uh, there was something about uh, uh a sponsorship tag there was a story where Spider-Man and uh, Peter Parker became split mm-hmm. uh, so and Peter was enjoying not having the responsibility of Spider-Man yeah exactly but Spider-Man had no sense of responsibility yeah, no but sense, he, the, yeah. you know that was gone you know and Spider-Man was just being a real kind of a dick uh, you know he had all the, the fun and the, the, without the yeah, power without the responsibility you know um, which as we know was just Spider-Man's core ethos um, and he was being sponsored by all these and I I think was there something about Ryan Otley having been raised as was it a Mormon or was it a he was raised as something and he put some sort of message I think in one of the patches that Spider-Man and someone took momentary offence to it or mm. yeah but you know stop it 
Yeah, Generation Snowflake and all that. Well, that's not a term I like to use, but <laughs> because it's a horrible right-wing term. But I'm yeah, sure. it was uh, uh, Spider-Man comic stars controversy with reference. It was in issue four. Uh-huh. It was with reference to an anti-Mormon book. Aye. Um, so just I pulled up an article here quickly. Um, Amazing Spider-Man four features the continuing story of a separated Spider-Man and Peter Parker, and during this time apart. Spider-Man has been enjoying the spotlight. As one page in the issue points out, he's been hobnobbing with celebrities and endorsing a variety of products with logos all over his costume. The logos are all takes on real world logos and one features the word CES letter, which is actually a real book that seeks to gain insight from the Latter-day Saints Church about the Mormon faith. So it was literally that. And uh, I think Ryan Otley had said that he was, he was raised in yeah. that faith. Uh, he says while the post but has he been backlashed real- against it a bit yeah he said um, oddly said I'm an ex-mo just resigned this year and I draw Amazing Spider-Man for Marvel I threw in a little easter egg in the issue that came out last week Spidey wearing endorsement patches and one of the patches is dot 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 and then it says like Marvel shit to make an official comment blah blah blah, blah. obviously they all worked it out and this is a great thing that they did because I wholeheartedly agree I think that the first couple issues of Spider-Man was one of the biggest selling points of it it was, yep. it was stunning yeah. Beautiful wraparound cover as well to kick it off mm-hmm. with a lot of a lot of the rogues gallery in there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think Spencer and Otley are a perfect fit for Spider Man, yeah. and one of the main reasons I I personally enjoy it so much. You get right to read in the hundred forty four <clears throat> issues of Invincible. You enjoy those too. Well, <laughs> you dropped me around Secret Wars tonight, so that'll be my next read. Given that, given that your last one was fucking spectacular, for lack of a better mm-hmm. term, we'll get on to that later. Your well, last should point out it's the original Secret Wars, not. Yes, the original one that you may have heard Keith talk about in the podcast before. Just a timer three. As the uh, the the title that got him into comics, yeah. Yeah. essentially. And now we move on to Kieran's pick for best artist of the year. Uh, take it away. <laughs> so mine's um, mine's double edged sword. Mine's I've never heard of him. I love him and I hate him. Right. Um, he's, it's Gary Frank. Um, his art. He's he's working on things like clock if if you don't know them, say clock, you clearly haven't listened to the listen to the first four and a half hours but, of this um, podcast. So we're just gonna skip over that. Um, but it's it his art's great. Like there's nothing wrong with his art at all. Like it is. There's no lazy perfect. lines. Yeah. There's no like filler art or. It's as if if a robot could draw, that's what it would look like. <laughs> that like that's sound how, good to me. It doesn't it, sound good. It's uh, yeah. no, no. But like, if a robot could draw, as in it's perfect. It's like, that it's precise. So pa- like particular. If a robot could draw with passion, yes, that's it. That's if a robot could draw, that's a comic way they have. That's that is yeah. That's a well, that's that's. It also fights robots that are made by Nazis. Uh, there you go. That's just neat. That's Scanner wouldn't become self-aware. Right? <laughs> it just draws pictures of people. <laughs> Caricatures <laughs> of famous people. It's like 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 cartoon drawings that you get like at a beach. <laughs> yeah, I mean Gary Frank. The reason Doomsday Clock being so special is fifty percent Jim John script and fifty percent the art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gary Frank. That's that's the thing where he's so particular about the art. It's it's holding the book coming up. It's, you can that, almost feel the love emanating from every single frame. Yeah, it's it, it's it's holding it's holding back the issues coming out every month, so it was moved to bi monthly title. Okay, but. The art is worth it. I great, think. great with art. Shit with deadlines. That's yeah, <laughs> that is it. Like, and he it, should have he that. Should, he should never have agreed to something. 
but it is it's it's fantastic art and every time you see Gary Frank Frank's art you know it's Gary Frank working yeah. on it well I mean Gary Frank as well as obviously with Doomsday Clock I mean I think of Gary Frank as the artist on Batman Earth 1 yeah also written by Jeff Johns apparently the script is written for volume 3 but Jeff Johns is like Gary when you get around to it <laughs> <laughs> just get there at some point sure you know like this month uh, a really great first issue came out Shazam number yeah. one also written by Jeff Johns it's but it's still Eaglesham well it's still Eaglesham on art and it's great as well but Gary Frank even did a variant for it yeah. and I just feel like you know pull out the whip and go Shh. Get back to them, say Oh, it's yeah. like George R. R. Martin not finishing the the, Put right the, the, the the Song of Fire and Ice series, but he's got time to write a fucking prequel that I noticed the the other day. Yeah, yeah. I was going to mention there, like he's done a he's done a cover for Shazam, but if you're not gonna if you're not gonna finish the book that you're signed up to for the last year and so much, don't do it. Don't do it. Do you maybe think that the Shazam variant cover came out of him drawing issue eight of Doomsday Clock? He was drawing Black Adam. I could have. And he just I went, yeah. here's a profile of Black. I could change that to Shazam, you know. Yeah. Shh. colours all about a wee hood. Oh, I'm sure if he could have done that, it would have been quicker. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not known for his speed. Every character is just Dr. Manhattan with clothes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it, he is. He's, 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 such, he's such a good artist. So what you're saying is, Gary, slow but sure, Frank. <laughs> well, frankly <clears throat> he's slow but he's good <laughs> he's slow but I don't give a damn uh, yeah I mean Doomsday Clock is and God, we've talked enough about it yeah. already but just to throw it in very quickly Doomsday Clock is one of those titles that I pay just as much attention to every single minute detail of the art as I do for the dialogue yeah. you're, you're searching panels for clues you're looking at you know faces in the background you're looking at settings you're looking at all sorts of stuff and you know it's a testament to Gary Frank that I nearly did choose him as well yeah but no, you there's, know. there's a, ton of, a ton, ton of artists over the, over the last year that have been great but Gary Frank stood out for the whole year yeah <clears throat> so Gary Frank takes it then for Karen's pick for best artist of the year which leads us directly on to best writer of the year uh, again, I think Karen and I are probably going to agree on this. Um, you know, it's so good to have you back. Yeah, it's uh, good. <laughs> good to be back. Uh, I'll just throw it out there straight away. Tom King yeah. for me. Um, I said it earlier in an earlier podcast that I think he's DC's top writer. I just think he's the best writer in the game. Full stop. Mm-hmm. Um, any man who can start the year with finishing off Mister Miracle while pumping out the consistency of Batman and then end the year with Heroes in Crisis. He's head and shoulders above the rest for me. Um, you know, I do love Jeff Johns as well. Doomsday Clock obviously is a big thing. Yeah. Shazam issue one was great, but Tom King. You know, I this year as well. I read the Vision for the first time, mm-hmm. and um, reading the Vision, all I can do reading it is think, how did Marvel let this guy go? Mm. The Vision is amazing, absolutely amazing, and Mister Miracle's the clear spiritual successor to it. Um, but his work is interesting. It's evocative. It's it looks at real world issues as well. Um, you know, current world affairs, things like that. But injects the fantastical and the fun to it as well. Yeah. I mean, we've talked a lot about Batman, obviously, on this podcast. I go back to like the issue with him and Dick Gray. Uh, uh Batman Fifty Five thing was yeah. him and Dick Grayson just flying through the air, and Dick's like, you know, place you a bet. He'll you know shoot their grappling gun first. 
you know, he brings the fun to it. He understands Dick Grayson's yeah. character yeah. as well as the darkness of Batman. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He understands long form storytelling. Um, I can't say enough good about Tom King. Mm. That's just for me, writer of the year. Yeah, it's that that this that issue of Batman Batman fifty five that was that was close to my favorite single issue of the year. Um, and the thing was, for eighty percent of it, it was light and fun. Yeah, until just the last. It's <laughs> just yeah. I think uh, that's why it was light and fun. Yeah, you, oh yeah, you the juxtaposition is yeah. amazing. We didn't know where he was going, but, but he, he is. is. <laughs> he's, he's he is such a good writer. Like he's not. He's, I've said this before. He's not a great action writer, mm. but he's a great character writer. Yeah, he understands every character perfectly. I think it's, he he can differentiate between characters. I don't know. Yeah. I I think we've talked about it in the podcast before, but I'm only getting used to Brad Michael Bendis's writing, and I've been loving action comics, and I will go back and read some of his his Marvel stuff. But I don't know if you said this before, Keith, and you can totally correct me if I'm wrong on this. Talking heads. Talking heads. That there's not really much of a differentiation between yeah. characters. Yeah. They're essentially plot devices to keep it moving that is yeah. an accusation that has been leveled at Bendis again I can't confirm or deny that because yeah. I haven't read enough of the stuff yeah. but with Tom King Nightwing has an individual Wayne. voice yeah. Bruce Wayne has an individual voice Harley has an individual voice yeah. Superman has an individual voice in Here's Crisis Mr. Miracle has an individual voice um, and that's a great skill that really is a great skill and it's probably something that Keith would probably say that the likes of the Avengers titles, Jason Aaron is great at differentiate characters. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess I think I, I think I wonder how Tom King would do on a team book. Uh, Heroes in Crisis almost is one though. I don't know that it is. Heroes in Crisis yeah. in three issues alone, he's had dialogue slash important story points from Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Harley Quinn, Booster Gold. Wally West, um, Roy Harper. I mean, there's seven straight away. And Heroes in Crisis always feels like a light book to me yeah. in terms of maybe yeah. with adverts and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But we go. We we talked about it before, as I say again on a previous podcast. But you look at the issue where you had the Batman nine panel interview, you had the Wonder Woman nine panel interview in Sanctuary, you had the. Lord. Clark nine panel mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they were so different. Yeah, yeah. They were. it was amazing. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It, 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 Tom King sometimes feels like it's multiple people writing each character. Mm. Like one person will write Batman, one person will write Superman, and yeah. they sort of interact that way through the writing. But it is he's he's such a good writer. Yeah, I even argue Batman is to a degree a team book. You look at the amount he writes Bane, he writes yeah. Gordon. He writes Alfred Penguin was for mm. three issue yeah, arc there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Booster fair Gold. Fair point. You know, I like it would have been easy for Tom Keane's big long run that he's doing to focus on one villain, two villains, three villains. You yeah. must have about ten or twelve in there, don't you? Easily, yeah. And his Joker is very different to his Riddler. And every character is consistent all the way through from issue one straight through jokes and riddles straight through the night. Every character you know is going to interact a certain way with every yeah. character. And I think you have read Batman sixty then the last part of the Penguin story. No, I'm he's still. I think we mentioned that already in the podcast. But yeah, he said he oh, that last page. That <laughs> last I'm looking forward to two in. I mean, I've enjoyed all of that Batman run. Yeah. It's, it's great. I, I want you to text me the second you get yeah, to that last page. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, to be fair, I'm sort of I'm lollygagging a wee bit with my pull list this week because I'm thinking it'd been something nice to take home over Christmas to. Yeah. yeah. So, 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh, so, yes. Yeah. But I uh, I wanted to fire it, and you you were going to pick Tom King, so I had a backup, and it's it's Kirkman. Kirkman, like we've spoke about every Kirkman title under the sun through this entire podcast, mm-hmm. just this one specific episode, and he is a great great writer, and he is able to pump out such quality week after week. And he is able to continue his love and respect for yeah, the industry, mm-hmm. Stephen. And just through Walking Dead and Oblivion song you know you're going to get into a great story with one issue. I love what he's doing and I love uh, that he continues to be a voice in all of his own letter pages. Yeah. It's him and his editor. Yeah, he always responds. You know, he yeah, always, yeah. You know, and, it, yeah. you know, and he's cheeky and he's quirky and, I mean, he was the, he was the youngest of the image writers. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever he came on, he was a kid. Yeah. You know, to image. The and question is though, when are we getting the aliens? When are we getting the aliens in the, in the walking, walking dead? dead. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's the last issue. So, <laughs> okay, aliens Kirk, come down yeah, and go Kirk, our means. experiment yeah. to turn half of the uh, human population into zombies worth Thanos, <laughs> Thanos yeah, no, I mean I absolutely Kirkman through uh, his work he did uh, Astonishing Ant-Man he did uh, Marvel Team Up uh, he did for Marvel and he started The Walking Dead and that's why I was so interested in The Walking Marvel Dead Marvel and Zombies he did Marvel Zombies yeah, yeah there is no Marvel is. Zombies uh, but Marvel Team Up and The Astonishing Ant-Man were great books mm-hmm. uh, absolutely fantastic Marvel Team Up especially was great in fact he uh, crossed he was already writing Invincible at that stage and he crossed Invincible into uh, Marvel Team Up it was a crossover uh, if I recall and The Astonishing Wolfman yeah uh, and then of course Invincible, Invincible. Walking Dead, Dead Die 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 Oblivion Song Oblivion Song uh, yeah yeah. Well, I mean, just through going to Wikipedia here, um, just because I wanted to look up to see if he had done anything for DC, I don't think he has. No. But it's like net worth thirty million, yeah. and yet he's still like, how yeah, can I mess with a comic book audience? Right, boom, it's surprise just, title. He, he loves what he does. Boom, I've got twelve issues written of this. Here's issue one. Here's yeah. the trade. Uh-huh. I mean, it's um, it's very impressive, and again, it all as you say comes from that love. Mm-hmm. But I mean, put it this way, right? I've just looked up. He's forty. He started writing the Walking Dead. He's twenty five. That's your age, Keith. Thanks, thanks for noting that, Keith. <laughs> yeah, just wanted to let him know. Just yeah. in case you forgot. No, not at all. Not at all. Myself and Kirkman are, are both uh, well adjusted individuals. You just said like a forty year old. I group want chat. a group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like Raleigh in the writers group chat. You're in a forty year old group chat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The fact I don't that know he, he was year old. he was twenty five <laughs> and he went in with the confidence to go. I've got this zombie book, but don't worry, there's aliens in it. You know, yeah, that yeah. cheekiness to go like, green light this, and then five issues in. Where are the aliens, Robert? Oh, oh, I was only joking you. But yeah. this one on top selling limit. It's just, it is. He just pops out quality. He knows what he can do, and he does it well. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, there's a there's a self-assuredness about the stuff that he's done over the yeah. past year, you know, with releasing Day, 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 and Oblivion Song and whatnot. It's just, I think, I think Kirkman has the potential to... Uh, to reimagine the industry, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, with what he's doing with timelines and advertising and marketing. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's one of the he's one of the chairman of Image. He is now, yeah. And he's the only one that is a chairman that wasn't an original founder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because of the success of Walking Dead, mm-hmm. and again his love and reverence for the industry. Mm-hmm. So I think Kirkman's a great choice. It's, it, it's the reason Walking Dead's been one of my favorite comics since since I've been reading the Walking of course Dead. It is, yeah. That's the thing. It would have been easy for him to take a break halfway through and go, "Okay, you write the next ten issues. Yeah. Here's the outline. I got a video with a TV that. show. Here you go." Because he did, he, he did that with the title. I, I don't know if either of you guys have read it, but he launched a title called Thief of Thieves. Thief of Thieves, yeah, mm-hmm. and. 
Great title. It's clearly based on Ocean's Eleven. It's like the world's greatest thief. He's clearly based on George Clooney. But in being a thief, he had to leave behind his wife and son and, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But about 15 or 16 issues into it, he passed writing duties over to Andy Diggle. Uh-huh. Again, a very accomplished writer. writer. The Losers. Well, um, uh, R.O. Year One. Yep, R.O. Year One with yeah, G. Laser for a bit. He's worked with Jock quite a few times. And then he just launched a new one this week called Hardcore. Um, so he did do that but with Walking Dead you can almost feel like it's almost a possessiveness of look this is my baby no this one else is getting this I, I mean if, I think if Kirkman was gone from Walking Dead there'd be no it wouldn't be the same yeah. I mean and he, he's you know he, he, he claims that he knows exactly where it's going yeah you know what I mean he knows, he yeah. knows how many issues he's got and left it, some people want to say like oh, okay but I actually believe him whenever yeah. he says oh, something like you know he's got a per- I think he's got two endings in mind one for the TV show one for the Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think he'd probably learn from uh, he learn from uh, George R. R. Martin's mistakes with regard to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fact that the TV series will be finished long before the books will. But let's uh, put it on record right now. What's going to end first, the TV show? The TV show. I can't. TV, TV show. show easily. Yeah, we're unanimous in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, still be interesting to put that on uh, record. Mm. Well, I don't. Know. It's going to end. Right. No, I'm not even going See, the thing is, if if <laughs> I thought Kirkman cared about nice, neat numbers, I would assume Walking Dead was going to 200 and it was done. Yeah. But the fact he ended Invincible and 144 still annoys me. Just get to 150. That, but 144 is a neat that's, number that's in a way. Fault. It's 340 at issue compendiums. That, that's yeah. my fault. All the books that I love ends in really weird numbers. <laughs> fables that bring yeah, I just, like I, I think, as you say, Kieran, he has engendered trust. And the yeah. readers, and so whenever whenever the Kirkman name now is something, people go, "You work away, man. We, we do what you want to do. Yeah. We're going to buy it." And all of the stuff's yeah. different enough as yeah. well. Like the Oblivion yeah. song's very different to Walking Dead, which is very different to Die Die Die, which is very different. Even Outcast, another one mm-hmm. that's it's, yeah. it's a bit of an under the radar one, but a new issue of it came out this week. I think it was thirty seven. Demon sort of isn't it? Hmm? Demon-y it's or? essentially the Exorcist in comic book yeah. form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's still the so well, the comics going. The show has been cancelled. Right, whenever I hear a uh, uh, been cancelled, I get confused. No, I the TV show. The, the comics, comics still going, but uh, TV show is uh, kaput. Right. Um, so yeah, so that's best writer. That's me. That's Kieran. On the case. You've done Tom King. You've done Robert Kirkman. So I'm not going to touch those. We've done them comprehensively. Uh, it could have gone. I've just got seven more to tell. Could have yeah. gone. Could have so gone. Could have been here, but it's not. Chip Zdarsky. It's Donny Kitts. Oh, could have been. Uh, that wasn't Scott Snyder. But I'm gonna go for Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron. Uh, In fairness, you have been banging the drum for him since we started this podcast. Yep, absolutely. I think Jason Aaron is is the top writer of the year for me. Uh, this guy has now pulled out, as I said earlier, on a hundred hundred odd issues of Thor. Uh, yeah. From his God Butcher storyline through the original Stun storyline, where, where you know, Thor lost his, lost his right to be a god due to what Nick Fury whispered in his ear, um, through the the Jane Foster storyline to now on towards the, you know, Odin sons now Thor again, but he has no right to Mjolnir and Mjolnir has yeah. been destroyed. Uh, Thor, fantastic. Uh, he uh, is, is the writer in Avengers. Current Avengers run is great. Uh, that's that's what Avengers should be. Uh, it's it's fantastic stuff. Um, 
he's so good that Donny Cates is drawn on what he did in Thor and what he did in what he's doing in Avengers and what he's done with Avengers 10,000 BC uh, and pulling it into Venom as part of Venom's mythology which is incredible uh, and it's very tight it's very tightly linked yeah. the God Butcher storyline and the current Null uh, the symbiote God storyline are very closely linked and whenever whenever I saw the link forming I was like oh this he's is, not gonna. Is, he's not gonna forget. He's, 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 he has. He's done that thing. I think I posted on our chat. This is awesome stuff. You know, it's great and really good stuff. Uh, I'm really looking forward to Conan the Barbarian and Savage Sword of Conan next year. I think those are going to be great books. Uh, he again, he engages in a way that Stan did. He engages writers, readers. You know, through the letters page and. Uh, you know, I just imagine Jason Aaron just to be a living Viking. Uh, <laughs> now at this stage, you know, he don't look yeah. like one. He looks his Twitter yeah. profile. He's uh, so yeah. So for me, uh, Southern Bastards. Well, that was going to be the one negative I was going to throw to Jason Aaron. It's not even yeah. negative. It's because he's so in demand at Marvel and obviously has so many series planned. Southern Bastards has suffered Colin from a. a bit. Yeah. It's suffered from a shipping schedule to rival John Wick. That's mm-hmm. how bad it's been. Mm-hmm. Southern Bastards is, in is the John last Mike, year. Is has, John Mike as bad as Sabrina though? Uh, well, in fairness with Sabrina, they released it monthly until issue 8 and they just stopped. Yeah. But 9's due out in January. But oh, Southern Bastards, like Brandon will tell you, he's he's on uh, Southern Bastards and I, I'm on it myself. But I would say this year there's been two new issues in 12 months. Yeah. Um, And it's a phenomenal title. I mean, it's... Have you read any of Southern Bastards? No. I know I know Keith has, but you've have you read all the trades? Yes, trades? I have, yeah. yeah. But like see the way, I'm not gonna spoil it just in case you do decide to pick it up, but see the way that first trade ends. It's not the story you it's think. It's like you think this story is this. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Story's actually this. You think it's Grand Torino when it's not. Yeah. <laughs> you think it's walking tall, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um and but it makes total sense in terms of the story and then where it goes from there is equally yeah. as good. But it's just not the title you expected. Right. So it's a slight negative. It's um, on and, and a, it's a slight negative in a way. But you're saying there needs to be two Jason. It's Aaron's. because he's in so so much demand. It's like Donny Cates. I wish he'd write more stuff like God Country. Yeah. But he's so in demand to write yeah. Guardians and Venom and you know mm-hmm. whatever else the web of Venom one shots and stuff. I mean, and I guess the, and a lot of those are are guest creator owned Southern bastards and. Uh, sex criminals and those are all sort of created. Yeah. Those creators now who were independent yeah. have now gone and now find themselves on, an exclusive on, 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 the, on the biggest books Not in big the world. Time. Like yeah. and they're going actually uh, as a comic writer, it's always been my dream to write Avengers or so to write. Can wait because then yeah. I want to write. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's yeah. So no, I think that's a fair enough point. It, it is a weird thing to say to someone. This is a negative because he's so in demand. Yeah. But I just love Southern Bastards. I'd love to it's, see more. It's of it. as if, like, say, like Sheriff Babylon was a continu- like a ongoing. Tom King gets Batman and he drops Southern Bastards. Best part is, or Tom King has said he has Sheriff of Babylon too in the pipeline. Okay. <clears throat> and, and it's Mitch Dredd. No now. And it's Mitch Dredd who draws it, who drew yeah. this miracle. So I think now that they finish Mr. Miracle, right, I have a feeling the new year we're going to see Sheriff Babylon too. Yeah. Well, it's, it's as if that was an ongoing, and as soon as he got Batman, he went. I can wait. No, he finishes it's twelve issues. No, he finishes twelve issues. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think th- I think Sheriff of Avalon. I mean, just to throw it in quickly as an aside, I think it is a story close to 
Tom King's heart because of his time in yeah. the CIA, uh-huh. and this was stuff based on his experience. Yeah, you know he doesn't really have much experience of you know getting in the back suit and jumping tops. around the rooftops. But uh, <laughs> that you know, yeah, that we know of. Yeah, you got I mean, we've never seen him and Batman in the same room at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But uh, Sheriff Babylon, I get the feeling it was pretty close to his heart, so that's yeah. probably why. Um, cool. Yeah, I mean, best writer again. It goes back to what we were saying about this being a pretty golden era for comics. I mean, best writer. We could have listed anyone from Tom King to. Jeff Johns to Jason Aaron to Donny Cates to Scott Schneider to Grant Morrison to you know you could go on and on and on and I think that's a great thing that we struggled to narrow and I, I mean, that's down. why I really enjoyed the fact that I had so much trouble choosing yeah. my favourite indie title yeah. my favourite DC oh, so, you know yeah. even throwing the artists who are becoming writers now your Scotty Youngs your yeah. Sean Murphys yeah. Yeah. you know the talent pool is wide and very yeah. James Tanning the fourth Justice League and Bar. I like to I mean I, I sort of I think we all like to think that we don't read crap so yeah, you know. Well, I really read it. <laughs> no, it's Sean Hel- Murphy specifically. Hellblazer's not that bad. Easy right. Tiger. Come on, now you haven't read the first volume. No, <laughs> Sean Murphy specifically has been a been writer that I've been following a bit more closely this mm-hmm. year than mm-hmm. ever yeah. before because of White Knight. But and I've been I've been thinking a wee bit more about Alan's. Don't follow a book, follow a writer. Yeah, yeah, follow talent. So oh, I absolutely. still like characters. I like yeah. specific characters. I like characters. <laughs> but there's nothing worse than when you follow a specific character and you see them written badly. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, um, I mean, I if I saw a new Tom Keane Tyler Nance, I'm reading that. Yeah. If I see a new Scott Snyder Tyler, I'm reading that. If I, Jason Aaron writing a new indie title, I'm all over that. It was but like coming off that, uh, the last Batman annual, Batman yeah. annual three. Oh, 100%. I'm suddenly realising that the guy who was writing it, Tom Taylor, Tom Taylor is Right, friendly neighborhood right, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Oh, Batman Annual Three. Yeah. Once you get to that, it's almost as good as Batman Annual Two. Is it? It really this is. This one follows Alfred closely. This it? one, it's a, it's an Alfred story. Yeah. Oh my God, man! It will hit you. Right. It'll hit days. you right in the field. I've got it in my bag. I'll read it the next few days. Yeah. Read Batman and Alfred first, just so we can talk. Oh about yeah, the joke. yeah. Well, I'll read the stuff <laughs> in a bag. Don't obviously. Cool. So, uh, yeah, best writer. We could probably talk all night. We're already hitting two a.m. So oh my God. Let's. One, two. Uh, the next one's a bit of a weird category in a way, but I just wanted to throw it in because Keith got me to read. Well, not that he got me to read somebody, he was very generously. <laughs> Held a gun, nice one. He very generously <laughs> lent me his copy of something recently. He said, Look, you need to read this. It's awesome. We've been talking about that those sorts of trades for, yeah. for months. Oh, 100%. I mean, anytime Keith's here or Karen's here or you know any of the guys from the shop are here, become good friends. I say to him, look at the trades. If there's anything you fancy taking, take it with you. Um, so this one was, the idea of it was that it was a classic. So something that's been around for 10, 20, 30, 40, whatever amount of years. But it's a gap in your reading. Yeah. So something you've never picked up before, but you've heard so much about. So to give you an example, there's a regular in the store, Stephen. Stephen Milkwars, you know him as. His gap this year was Watchmen. It just never read Watchmen. Yeah. Loved the movie, never read the graphic, he read it. Um, I'll go last on this one because I really do want to talk about it quite a bit. So I'll go last. So I'll throw Kieran's way first. My, my way first? I've got two. So do you want me to go last? <laughs> no, I've, I've got two. Um, one, well, both of them have got me big in the specific character. Massively. One of them's Death Superman. Yeah. Oh. Never read it. Brilliant. Always wanted to read it. Red uh, American Alien, man. Okay, Superman's picked the interest. 
read that Superman. Fell in love with Superman. Why did you read Superman American anyway? I, some some person kept telling me to read. It. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So I read that. I read American Man. Okay, Superman's piqued my interest. Always heard about that Superman. One of the other big stories. Yeah. Yeah. So I kept hearing that Superman. Man. Okay, I'll read it. Read read it in one sitting. Fucking fell in love with it. Fell in love with the character specifically. I just kept going from there with, um, with obviously with Ben. This is wrong that I keep talking about. So you read <laughs> Death of Superman? Yes. Uh, did you read uh, Funeral for a Friend yes. and Reign of the Superman? I have read Reign of the Superman. I, I, I know Reign of the Superman well from right. other stuff. I've read like Breakdown and stuff. Well, I, can, I, can, I can bring it down for you if you want. But I've, 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 I know Reign of the Superman. There's, what, there's, that, there's one moment in that Death of Superman that really stuck with me and that is whenever Doomsday slams Booster Gold's head in the car door. Yes. I yeah. like I've never forgotten that yeah. and I read it the first time round <laughs> <laughs> but um, no I, I read that and that's got me into Superman pretty happily but the next big one is Saga the Swamp Thing Alan Burge run oh wow never, never read it I wasn't I wasn't in the, the Swamp Thing until this year um, but I read that I read I read the uh, Snyder run because Snyder um, went on the Alan Burge so I always I love Alan Burge like I would stand behind Alan Moore with any book. I think we're told he's hard to love. Yeah, I love him though. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't love. He doesn't love me back. <laughs> but so I, I picked up Saga Swamp Thing. It is amazing, and it's got me into Swamp Thing so happily. Like I've always loved Hellblazer, and I knew that that's where it spun from. I've just dropped my phone, and um, I knew that's where it spun from, but never read it. And then I got into it, and it's it is such a good read. Where I would suggest. Saga Swamp Thing to anyone I because was loan that off you yeah I'll fry you the first volume whenever I see it I see you now but I can't get you now. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> yeah so I, I would tell anybody to read it because just it close such, your eyes for the rest of the podcast it's such a good it's such a good read where it could sit with anyone it, it's, got, it's got a wee bit for what well, you have made Hellblazer yeah like the uh, like Hellblazer was brought in volume 35 maybe of so that's one thing that's where Constantine first came in and he's dipped in and out as a as a recurring character and then got his own spin two years later yeah cool but uh, both uh, Death Superman and Saga's one thing have sat with me this year and the definitely impacted me that's cool so that's um, two answers for two answers. one question love your body is here <laughs> I got his oh god uh, Roddy actually left this one blank so I don't think he See? quite had an answer just yet how about yourself, Keith? Classic that was a gap in your collection that you've um, read this year. So, there, there's one that I've read completely and there's one that I've uh, started to read. So, the one that I've started to read on your recommendation, I think, believe it's your favourite story of all time, is Why the Last Man. Uh, preacher before. Nice. Um, obviously, uh, written by local local writer, Garth Ennis. Uh, is invested by a spirit that gives him the power of the word of God by which anyone will... Uh, will obey his literal commands in a literal fashion yeah. uh, and Jesse alongside his uh, his ex-girlfriend Chulip and his uh, <coughs> Irish uh, vampire buddy Cassidy go on an extended uh, classic American road trip in order to uh, track down a god who has left heaven and tell him to catch himself on 
There's no way to talk about this without sounding yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> but sound, it's pure insanity. It's just so And that's weird. before you get into the conspiracy uh, yeah. of the individuals who uh, have the uh, blood of Christ in the form of a, of a <laughs> genetically cloned idiot child of Christ. Uh, great stuff. Yeah, it's... it's you know, Aristar keeps an eye on yeah, I mean, and Garth Ennis is clearly, Garth Ennis never has had any problem in airing his views on religion and his no. views on politics, which he does fantastically well uh, in Preacher. Uh, there are some shocking moments. Uh, there are some hilarious moments. Characters are, are fantastic. You grow to love them, despite their uh, foibles. Uh, Preacher Preacher's just a great, a great book. Uh, you can get it. Now, in how many trades is it over? So, Preacher, there is either 10 sort of thin trades, which are, um, I think, six issues each, or you can get six deluxe trades, which are the 60 issues, but also you get the spin-off issues. Yeah. There are a few. Um, yeah, there were, yeah. There was one on the Saint Killers. Uh, I think there was one there, Star. There was one on Arseface. Uh, Preacher is phenomenal preacher is i mean it, it's interesting bringing up i was chatting to a customer today about it a guy came in and said i'm a big garth Ennis fan what do you recommend and i was like have you read preacher no i was like well you're not a garth Ennis fan. <laughs> <laughs> come on well i didn't actually say it out loud but i felt like saying it. yeah i was like you haven't read preacher no worries it's a seminal work and then yeah. i showed him it and he was like yep done yeah uh preacher's fantastic i mean the tv show i think's been off great TV it's show. been great yeah I thought the first season was a little bit slow. But and I'll tell you why I thought, I thought the first season was a weird one because I was expecting Preacher and what I got was the prequel to Preacher. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we were fortunate enough, Vicky and I, to meet Glenn February at, um, back when Belfast had a Comic Con in the, uh, the Econ Centre in Lisburn. And he said, look, I'll be honest with you, the first season, it's a bit slow. And I was like, all right, why is that? Because Preacher, you know, by its nature, is so fast-paced. And he said, well, Americans wouldn't accept, like, he said it in quite a derogatory tone. He was like, Americans wouldn't quite accept that Jesse would just get this bar, jump straight in the road and go. They had to show him, try to be a better man, try to live up to his father's wishes of taking over his parish and all this kind of yeah. stuff. So he said, look, it's essentially the prequel, but stick with it, it gets better. And I think it was episode 11 of 12. Episode 11 in the first season was yeah. where they spoke to God. But it turned out to be a guy. It's fucking oh, it's yeah. God's missing. We don't know where he is. Uh, <laughs> fantastic. And then it becomes a road thing. And then season two was phenomenal. New well, Orleans. I mean, that sets the that, that sets the the, the so Do you need eleven episodes to set it up? No, you don't. You definitely you really don't. don't. You definitely don't. Like, uh, but like to give you an I idea, I still enjoyed the first season. But first issue season one of Preacher good. ends with a church exploding. Mm-hmm. Issue one. Yeah. And you do so they've expanded with, issue one to 12 episodes. And you've you got to wait the whole season yeah. for that. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, it was good, but it was just a little slow. And they had to find, then they had to find a reason for, for <coughs> Tulip to be in the area. And they had to find her, you know, well, Cassidy fell out of the plane. See, Tulip bugs me a little bit in the TV show. Mm-hmm. Because... She's nowhere near Tulip in the comics. Well, it's, is, not, it's not that she's nowhere near, but she's not... The, the problem is, is, right, so in the original graphic, she looks like a Britney Spears trailer trash kind of girl. Yeah. And the reason that works compared to the TV show where she looks exactly. so capable is because like when Tulip first explodes with that 
level of violence to defend herself. It's shocking. Yeah. But when you're introduced to children's TV show, it, she's going through the cornfield in the car and she manages to kill two guys, then speak to a couple of kids. Hey, kids, who wants to learn how to make some fireworks? And she's capable from the yeah. start. Yeah. Whereas in the graphic, it was like, oh, Jesse, I love you. I just want to be with yeah. you. And then you realise, holy shit, she's not to be messed with. Yeah, yeah, she's not like Spider. You know, so I, I think that was a bit of a weird change. No, well, I'm not, I don't think it was weird. I don't, I'm just not sure an audience anymore will accept, you know, a, a female character. A damsel in distress. Is that yeah. damsel in distress, which yeah. is, abs- I'm absolutely fine with it. Yeah. You know, so. The other part that bugged me a little bit in Preacher, just to take a slight tangent here, was in the Preacher comic series, I love that Cassidy doesn't sleep with Tulip until quite late on. Yeah. And it's like the ultimate betrayal this guy can do to his best friend. Yep. And it kills him. But mm-hmm. he does it. In the TV show, Tulip and Cassidy sleep together in a really awkward looking scene in the back of a car before they both know that they both know Jesse. And then they're like, shit, we can't tell him about this. So it's, it's a different kind of problem, but... You can't blame Cassidy in yeah. that instance because he didn't know that Chulup was. I think that was. I good. really want to say Jesse's girl. Yeah. It seems like it was deliberate. <laughs> That's good. It does. It seems like it was deliberate. It, I know, but it just, it just. But it's also. I think it's it, it reflects the difference in storytelling between yeah. the two yeah. media. The, and it's just exactly what Glenn Fabry was saying to you is that. So these things have to be, you know, they had to set up that conflict early on because you need a love story in a TV. You don't necessarily need that yeah. story. In a, I, I, I would agree you know with that. You can yeah. wait, you, we can, comic books are a, are a longer form story than, than, than TV shows. TV shows have to do a certain thing in, say, 45 minutes. And then make sure they leave it in a way where the audience is like, shit, we're going to watch exactly, the next one. Exactly, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yes, yes, they'll leave comic books as in we want to read the next one, but time isn't an issue. Yeah. To to use the term issue, uh, time isn't an issue when you're reading comic books because you read it at your own rate. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're it's yeah it's a different thing. Yeah, I would agree with that. In fairness, but yeah, I mean it it goes back to obviously you, you fill that gap and you're reading this year with Preacher. It's just one of those series that I haven't watched season three yet, but I much prefer the comic. Yeah. To the yeah. Series. yeah. Yeah. Comic is better. I love Tommy Cooper in the role. Yeah. And I think Cassidy. Is Perfectly cast, mm-hmm. but I prefer the comic. Yep. Yeah. It, um, no, the comic is better. As someone has watched, uh, has watched the week to week since day yeah. one, the comic is literally better. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so that just leaves it back to myself. And um, the classic that I read this year that was a gap in my collection very much came from Keith's passion talking about a recommendation on our previews board, which was Marvel's annotated. So, Marvels is a story co-written by Kurt Busiek. Busiek? Or Busiek? Busiek. I'm going to go Busiek. And Alex Ross. And illustrated beautifully, as always, by Alex Ross. So, Marvels, for lack of a better term, you could almost call it an encyclopedia of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. You know, told in comic book form. It starts out with this uh, young, idealistic journalist who um, is covering stories in the 30s in uh, America. And suddenly, a guy who's on fire appears across the sky. Uh, A guy who breathes underwater is fighting him in the sky, and he's documenting all of this. The classic Silver Age 
Samara versus the original Human Torch. That's it, Namor versus Human Torch. I mean, the, I mean, I should have said there was a little prelude where Human Torch is showed in like a freak show and circuses and all the rest, and people are afraid. Yeah. So he, uh, the creator, actually buries him. Mm-hmm. And then eventually oxygen seeps in enough that he's able to. Yeah, Phineas, the, Professor this, Phineas Horton, yeah. the man who created the original, the original Unman, mm-hmm. uh, who he was an android, and then uh, what happened was whenever they exposed him to air, the cells that made up his skin caught fire, and then yeah. it was considered to be a failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they, they buried him. In the him. only human torch Marvel underwrites <laughs> to for a while in the Mar- in the cinematic universe. Yeah, and at that time, at that. Well, it wasn't Marvel, it was Atlas. Atlas. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. Uh, but even, know. like, there's there's such poetry to the opening few pages with this. When he gets buried, he's like, Father, why have I failed you? What did I do? Why did I deserve yeah. this? Why am I under here? You know, I did everything you asked, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, so um, Marvel starts from there, and then it goes through the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s of Marvel history. And it's all reported on through the eyes of this uh, newspaper reporter. And I don't know if... Did, did you go back and look at it after I said to you? They never explicitly say a young J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, yeah. So you can tell by the haircut. He's got that military short haircut. Yeah. He's got the beginnings of a moustache. He's, he's got he, the toilet brush hair. Yeah, and you're just like, that's clearly J. Jonah Jameson. But yeah. they don't say his name. But the way he's talking and the way, the way he looks, it's clear. It's yeah. clear as Jameson. You know. Big time. So, the reporter who is at the heart of the story, he Phil. is... Is his name Phil? Phil, yeah. Yeah. He is completely in awe. He calls them the marbles. He's just like, you know, look, a man can he's fly. Them. A man can fly. A man's on fire. And eventually they draft these guys in to help fight the war effort yeah. in uh, World War Two. The invaders. And then they start worrying that one of them has turned and... You know, based on how they're being reported and that kind of and stuff. What's interesting is one of the original invaders was Jim Hammond, the original Human Torch. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the android who had been unburied. Yeah. Uh, alongside Captain America and the boys, mm-hmm. the destroyer. Yeah. Anyway. Well, basically, yeah, it it just follows him throughout Marvel history. It shows like the first time the Fantastic Four showed up. It shows, in my personal favorite, like couple of pages of the whole book. Shows Galactus come down. I was just, like, I was reading that those pages. I was in all. I felt like I was there. Yeah, I was just yeah, like yeah. looking up at the sky, like, you know, you're just like Galactus is there, like looming over. You see the Silver Surfer there. You see the Fantastic Four. But it's an interesting look at how the general human public would look at seeing these marvels. They're like, yeah. oh, Captain America will take care of oh, these guys. We don't need yeah. to worry. Yeah. And then suddenly he's falling. You're like, Shh, what are we going to do now? You know, that sort of thing. There's one scene where Spider-Man just swings over his head. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, what would that be like? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, I think the whole reason you had even brought it up, as I had said, like how awesome would it be to see, like you're watching Daredevil on Netflix, yeah. and all you see in the background is a guy swing past in the background. You're like, well, actually, <laughs> let me tell you about a book called Marvels. Yeah. Marvels was phenomenal. It was... Uh, like I, I said this to Keith the next day. I got chatting to him, giving his copy back, and I just said that's like the Watchman of the Marvel uh-huh, universe. Yeah, yeah. It is phenomenal. That's, that's all I've kept hearing about Marvels. It's one of those things that's always been on my radar, but I never got around the reading. So for twenty nineteen, um, the gap. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I, I can't recommend it highly enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would it not make a fantastic film? See, this. I prefer a TV show. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. 
a 12 episode TV show where they spend all of the budget on those big mm-hmm. effect shots because so much of the story is human I mean mm-hmm. one of the best elements of the whole story is that this reporter is always chasing the story to the point that he loses his first love yeah and then something happens where he reevaluates his whole life and it's like shit I can't live, live without this yeah. woman and then he, he ends up he ends up losing an eye and uh, isn't that it he gets injured yes it's the yeah. spit that he's yeah. Nick Fury that's right <laughs> why were you not around at this time <laughs> but yeah he he has this event happen to him where he's like I can't lose this girl I, I love her yeah. Yeah. I need her in my life you know and I'm not going to go into spoilers how it all ends yeah. and stuff but it ends on a very sort of familiar, family orientated note and but for those of us who know it's not quite as not quite as simple as that, simple you know? as that yeah. Yeah, uh, you never hang up your spurs and all the rest yeah. but the, um, and as I say, sorry, can go ahead. These new uh, annotated versions have worked in what format? We they're don't know. But they're know. massive. They yeah. are massive. So I came across in, in the store the other day some director's cuts of certain titles. And the way the director's cuts were was they were normal comic size. The first half of them was the script, notes, yeah. um, some preview pages, rough sketch pages. Second half, it was uh, the Sandman Overture. Those mm. were the ones that came across. So the first half was all the director's cut stuff, yeah. and then the second half was the full issue. I think it's going to be like that. I'd say you're probably right. But see, if it was like that, I would think I would just pick it up as it was coming out like that, yeah. or just pick up the fucking graphic and just go for it. It needs a big edition. Has there ever been a big one? I've only ever seen it in trade paperback, like a big coffee table size. Exactly, like a, like a treasure DC's edition. version of yeah, treasure. I was going to say like a Marvel version of the DC Absolute mm-hmm. stuff. But because this artwork is absolutely like, you just so look at it and you're just like, yeah. you just look at it and go, I hate people who can draw. Yeah. Mm. And I even hate more people who can draw that well. Yeah. I, I I can't convey enough to that page where Galactus first appears. It's great. It's just jaw dropping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you feel like you're reading them. You feel like you're watching them. So, and you're getting it from the point of Phil. So it's down it's here. From the ground, it's goodness. just like, you know, and you, you see him, the, the, the perspective is such that the, the tall buildings are curving inwards towards yeah. Galactus, and Galactus is further up than that, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah, I, I yeah. can't recommend it high yeah. enough. It is absolutely fantastic. It's, it's in the top three Marvel books I've ever read. Like, it is that good. Um, and I, I, first of all, I say thank you to Keith for bringing it, because I think you'd only brought it along that night because we were talking about the annotated one and then you talked about it and I think it was when you said a young J. Jonah James I was like go on let me see that book <laughs> I, was I like, brought it along with the intention of like, giving it to yeah. you yeah so uh, I, yeah I read it cover to cover one sitting mm-hmm. yeah. I was just like I need to know how to say three prestige it was four four was four prestige the and there was yeah. a zero issue yeah. oh, okay. so the zero issue was all about like the human torch yeah. and his creator and all the rest um, and then there was four prestige editions. I think it was the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, it, it's interesting we talk about this annotated edition that's coming out. The copy that Keith lent me, each issue was preceded by a, um essay by a different person. So one essay was by Stan Lee. One issue was by... Uh, one essay was by... I think who the four were actually off the top of my head. I think there was a there might have been a Dan Slaughter or Mark Wade in there. There was an Alex Ross in there. But there was like this two to three page essay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. T- 
talking about it, but like Stan Lee, his stuff was it was kind of heartbreaking to read because obviously you know with yeah. him unfortunately passing this year, but he basically said like I thought there was nothing original you could do with the Marvel universe. Holy crap! I was wrong. Yeah, this yeah. this this will stand up there with. He didn't say the Bible. He said something like that. But he's yeah. like this was. I think it was like this will stand up there with Hamlet. This is that articulate yeah. and that yeah. phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, can't recommend it highly enough. I mean, nice I, one. I don't know how you follow all of that gushing phrase. <laughs> I've been way too pro Marvel on this podcast. That's 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 sorry, to be honest. Wait, see you. I'm in the wrong. That's universe. why I had to choose image. <laughs> I'm in the wrong universe. Oh God! And look at what I'm going to talk about next. The next, uh, the next category is biggest disappointment. Here we go. Here we go. Did um, we do, yeah, we did. We're, we're, yeah, okay. Yeah, we're, we're, we're biggest disappointment now. Um, who wants to lead us off? I will. That's last. Okay. Mine overall is Batman Damned. Or, as we were saying, Black Label. Hey, Batman Damned issue one. Sorry. Issue two, not as much. Uh-huh. Because I don't know if it was a better issue or my expectations were lowered. Mm. But So to give some context to this, so... Batman Dam number one. Sold as an adult oriented title in DC Universe. Yeah. The Joker is dead. The ba- Batman doesn't know what who did it. Constantine's gonna help him. Constantine, one of Kieran's favourite characters. Can't, uh, can't, can't be bad at that. Lieber Mayo on art. Phenomenal can't artist. Bran Azrael writing. Brilliant writer. So the morning of release, this came out on a Wednesday. Yeah. And uh Kieran was working at ten. We normally only open at 10, but he messaged me and said, anyway, I can come down and get that wee issue before I uh, come to work. So I came down early. Yeah. He came down, he paid an extra... Paid, um, paid taxi down, which is about a tenner. <laughs> taxi fare there, £10. Got a coffee, Got picked up Batman down, taxi fare to work. He must have added at least £20 on yeah. top of... It was about 15 quid. It was about 15 quid to get to work. Tenner to work. A tenner into town. 15 pound to work. On top Six of a pound. prestige format issue. Fuck. Which he looked at and went, why is this bigger than a comic book? <laughs> uh, <laughs> which we all did. This isn't a comic. And uh, that sets the stage. This here looks like a book. So I don't I, read books. <laughs> hopefully that conveys the amount of excitement was, this man has. I was ecstatic this for this for months. I was so excited for this book. For months and months. It was just counting down the days for this book to come out. And I sat down and read it and went, the fuck would I, did I just read? It was it was disappointing. It wasn't what I expected. I was expecting... I don't know what I was expecting, but I was expecting what I read. I I was expecting like a... Like a, like a horror-based Batman title. Maybe sort of seances with... But... Batman, the horror-based Batman title, seances, maybe trying to work out what well, like We Joker saw some preview art and thought this was yeah, going to be Satana slash... Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it seemed like it was going to have Satana, it was going to have Deadman, Constantine, perfect. It was. It seemed like it was set in tone for a horror-based title. And I sat down and read it and thought, that's not at all what I expected. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of skipping around the whole back... Badawang stuff because everybody's but, heard that. But I think you should skip around that because look, everybody's as disappointed heard. as nobody gives a shit. As anymore, disappointed like. as, do you know the main reason for me Batman Dam is disappointing? I don't I know. Mean, I just got a mental image of the two you skipping around Batman's penis. <laughs> Lance, <laughs> thank you. Good night. Um, <laughs> 
the main reason for me, and, and again, we talked about this in an earlier podcast, the reason that it was disappointing for me was because Batman Damn number one came out in the same day that Batman 55 yeah. came out. And Batman 55 was absolutely fucking brilliant. The pinnacle really storytelling. And Batman Damn was like, this looks pretty. And it's really nice. But it's and it's different. Shape. But I don't even know what's really going on. No. Yeah. You know, um, it, well, even after issue two, at this point, it's still issue not two. 100%. Certain elements are falling into place. Different representations have popped up. Yeah, but it's three I still issues, wouldn't. It's, yeah, it's, it's just three, three issues. issues. So it seems like it was made to just drop as one big book. Yeah, I agree. I kind of wish this. I mean, obviously, I mentioned Enrico Marini's Dark Prince Charming. Yeah, yeah. I kind of wish they'd done the same thing with this. Yeah, dropped it as a trade. There you go. Original graphic novel. Yeah. Boom, we've launched Black Label. Instead of, yep. for some reason, dropping it as three massive stupid-sized issues. Expecting well, people well, to this is it. I mean, just from a, a comic store perspective, we were lucky. I mean, as, as anyone who comes into the store knows, we recently bought a massive yeah. comic lot. And within that, there was a lot of magazine-sized books, which were bagged and boarded. So we were lucky. We had the bags and boards for it. Yeah. But I know comic stores over in England that straight away wrote, what the hell what is this do? size of a comic? What do we do? Because, yeah. you know, I'm going to be slightly catty here, but Forbidden Planet don't care about bagging and boards. They just put it in the shelf and let it, you know, warp and whatever. But a lot of comic stores, independent ones, care obviously about the customer, care about the collector. I want to make sure that they have yeah. the right, you know, materials to protect it. And there was no inclination that DC were doing this. It wasn't in the previous book. It wasn't yeah. in any advanced solicitation. We had we had a conversation. I had, I had thought it was going to be a like a prestige. It was going to yeah. be a slightly yeah. thicker comic. It was going to be size. Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. It was going to be square bound. Like it was, it was going to be gone back the previews to see if they have them. It was going to be. Yeah. It was going to be like Cursed Comics Cavalcade. Yeah, I think it was going to be like square New Town Showcase. Yeah. It was going to be square bound, sixty four pages. Job done. Rebirth. Rebirth, perfect example. Um, but it wasn't it was and when it arrived I just looked at it and went oh it's okay I have bags and boards but even, yeah but even looking back on that there was there was the previews where it was so many issues in the comics leading up to the release I remember you, you specific, specifically hadn't read them but I had read the previews for it because I was looking forward to it so much it was printed on normal size pages yeah. it looked normal as it was printed there so why did the Suddenly extend Suddenly that format go, to magazines. Oh no, it'd be good if we did this in a square book. I, I mean, this will lead on. I mean, so I'll I'll just throw in my biggest disappointment here because it's it's so tightly related to this. My biggest disappointment is DC Black Label in general. I just don't think DC knew know what to do with this label. Yeah. So what was it? Maybe March, April, May at the latest. DC announced this initiative. We're launching Black Label. It's essentially Elseworlds in all but name. It's it's Dark Elseworlds. We're going to do Batman, Dan, Bran Azzarello, Lieber Mayo. We're going to do Superman Year One, Frank Miller, John Romita Jr. We're going to do a new Wonder Woman title, Kelly Sue DeConnick writing. We're going to do a new Batman title, uh, Schneider and Capullo. We're going to do this, we're going to do that. They, they must have announced maybe six to seven titles. Yeah. That was in sort of April, May. We're now in December. We've had two issues of Batman Dan. And oh, had um, one book cancelled. And, uh, and Batman White Knight, which is already released. Knight. In Black so Black Batman White Knight got added. added. So, so yeah, as an aside to that, with the Black Label, they've added White Knight. I understand the addition of White Knight, but even then, I remember at the time, and correct me if I'm wrong, 
Sean Murphy said there were certain things that he left out of the single issues that he was going to put in the trade. trade. And then he was suddenly told not to put it in the trade. Yeah. Well, famously, there was a there was a like a Hardy Joker section, which was all covered with balloons. But that was going to be uncensored Mm -hmm. in the trade. And then suddenly it went to black label and it wasn't. Then uh, Dan launches, as we've alluded to, issue one. You had Bruce Wayne's cock hanging out. Again, it didn't bother me. I just looked at it and went, yeah, whatever. Turned the page, yeah. but it was big news. And then, as a result, issue two has been edited. And issue three looks like it'll be edited. None of those other titles have launched. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another graphic- title announced then late. For See, the, the Black Label, was the his, secret history of the other DC. Other history of the DC Universe. Other history. And so it was cancelled then. What this says to me, as just we were talking about earlier on, is that I feel like there have been plans made um, and then maybe there's been a change of guard or a change yeah. of influence yeah. uh, or, a, or a wee bit of uh, a comic equivalent of studio interference yeah. that, is, that is going on across DC that I don't think is healthy for... It's for, not healthy for, at all. No. I mean, uh, I have to think, I think we chatted about this earlier, but I have to think that when Azarello and Bermeo pitched Batman Damned, they had the whole story outlined. Yeah. It's only three issues. Mm-hmm. They had the whole story outlined. Whoever was in charge at the time, as you say, whether there's been a change in you know, leadership, but whoever was in charge at the time went, no problem, done. Yeah. And, I mean, even I, I put this in our group chat, like, a couple of days ago. Like, Lee Bermeo put a post up on Instagram saying, wondering where the second print of uh, Batman Dan number one is. So are we. Let DC know. And then it was like, hashtag, can't believe we're censored, or something like that. So whenever you get your creators reeling against the company, that's, that is not that's a good That's a red flag all day long. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that, I mean we, 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 we mentioned that earlier on. It's not something I know it's... You know, it's just something that, you know, with the, the Nightwing story and with a variety of other wee things that yeah. it just, there's there's something creeping in there that's it, it, not healthy. It goes back to what was said about how DC started the year really strongly and they're kind of ending it, ending it on a whimper. Yeah. Outside of the Tom King stuff. Yeah, but that's it, even the Tom King stuff, it's, like, there's well, something wrong with DC and planning. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, Heroes in Crisis was originally seven issues. Seven issues. And it was then it jumped to nine. Now yeah. we've got two Flash and two Batman crossover tie-ins. It, it, it just seems so it's jumped from a seven-issue series to 13 issues. Yeah. That's almost doubled in size. Mm-hmm. They gave him like a bad doomsday clock being pushed. And to Tom, Tom King is not writing those two Batman issues? No. No. Well, in fairness, it's Joshua Williamson who I had full faith in. Yeah. Because oh, he wrote agreed. the button with yeah. Tom King. Yeah. yeah. So I have the yeah. feeling that Tom King will have given him an outline and he writes it, it whatever. It's a case where it seems like DC's planning these things before they have it actually done. Yeah. And they're going, oh shit. Yeah, we're doing this, uh, this, 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 mm-hmm. and this. People get excited for it and then go, oh shit, we really need to do it. And I'm, I'm, yeah. sort of, I'm enjoying the Nightwing run. The, you know, the post headshot yeah. run. Despite myself. I mean, I really, uh, really hate that he's calling himself Rick. <laughs> Rick that's, that's really doing my head in. You know, uh, I just know he's, he's getting there. Uh, I don't know if it's what they intended or, mm. but yeah, I'm enjoying it. I think in spite of itself. Yeah. Yeah. Just as we break. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, that's, that, that's for me anyway, the biggest disappointment. I, I hate obviously anyone who listens to this podcast knows I'm a DC guy. So I hate ragging on DC, but you got to call a spade a spade. The Black Label so far has been a, fuck up. a massive disappointment. It's been a fuck up. It's been, there's no direction to it. No. There's, 
I mean, do you know what it seems to me? They've relaunched Vertigo, where this is what they should have done. It's focused on one thing, mm. relaunched it, Vertigo, Black Label, relaunched one, and then focus on the next one after that's done. It seems like they've relaunched so much it's one, the one time, they're starting to spin place and they don't know where they're going. Yeah. And they're yeah. starting to panic. Too much going on. Get and you. it's frustrating many because... Fingers in, one, many, in, in too many panics. Six months ago, DC was in such a position of strength. Yeah. You know, Metal had just ended. White Knight had just ended. We had all these stories lined up. And then someone dropped the ball somewhere. Yeah. And yeah. It, it again goes back to what was said earlier. Towards the end of the year, Marvel are getting their act together. DC are struggling. Yeah. You know? And that's why I think six months from now, Marvel goes ahead again. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We will see. But I don't know. I Just mean, give maybe. Just Hellblazer series, please. I mean, as long as DC announces a Hellblazer series, Karen will be back on their side. It's fine. It's the first time in 30 years Hellblazer has not an ongoing series. Yeah. It's all because of Tim Seeding. <laughs> <laughs> but then you realize. And uh, then I realized he wrote one of the best of my issues. <laughs> Cool. So that's mine and Kieran's sort of combined disappointment of the year, which was Black Label slash uh, Dan. How about yourself, Keith? My disappointment of the year, um, I guess, a couple of honourable mentions. As is the, <laughs> as is the norm at this <laughs> point. Uh, I was a bit disappointed in uh, Action Comics 1000, which you're currently wearing in your chest there, Alan. You uh, yeah, I see, to be honest, see, when it comes to Action Comics 1000, I wasn't disappointed by it. I enjoyed it. But the one thing I thought I would love about it, I was disappointed in. Oh, yeah? And that was the Scott Snyder story. Okay. It was more of a Luther story. Yeah. And I didn't know why it was yeah. in there. I think, I think I was expecting a different thing mm-hmm. from it, so it's the fault of my expectations, but I was expecting a story, and what I got was a compilation book. Yeah. Um, well, we know your thoughts on anthologies. Yeah, we've, we've, <laughs> we've talked about anthologies before. So what you're saying? You're just uh, skipping Detective 1000 this year? What's that? You're skipping Detective 1000? I'm off Detective at the minute. Uh, Detective was another one of my disappointments. Uh, it was such a good book. Uh, whenever it was the Batman, the Bat Family, the Bat Family, and it, it switched, and I'm just not interested. To me, it now just yeah. seems like the sub the sub Batman book. So I'm not. I'm, I'm off it. Um, I, I'm gonna annoy you when I say this. Mm-hmm. One of my other disappointments was Dark Knight's Metal. Yeah. Uh, the reason being that. Uh, I think I got a little caught up in the excitement of it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it didn't make any sense. Um, especially the parts that Grant Morrison was involved in. <laughs> uh, I loved the art, but the story didn't have a, a. Yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of things in there that maybe it's my lack of knowledge, and I'm not a mm. neophyte when it comes to the DC universe. Like just yeah. because I'm a Marvel fan. I mean, uh, you know, uh, and and the internet is a thing. <clears throat> it is a thing. Uh, but Dark Knight Metals ended up being a wee bit of a disappointment to me. Yeah. Um, but for me, the the, the my my big disappointment came like a blow to the blow to the head about two weeks ago. Uh, whenever Harley Quinn smashed uh, Wally West over the back of the head with her hammer, and uh, here was in crisis three. I don't know if that's true or not. I know, but. <laughs> At the minute, I'm disappointed about it, and the okay. more I think about it, the more it annoys me, because it means Harley Quinn has to now have the title of the fastest hammer woman with a hammer, fastest in hammer the world. Barry um, Allen, yeah. the talker in Coffee and Heroes, has nothing on Harley Quinn. Yeah, so it's, it's 
so I just didn't like it. I don't. I, I feel like it's like it's. Uh, I don't know. Hardy Quinn's being incredibly overpowered here. I I uh, you know I know and I know Wally was 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 cradling the body of uh, of Arsenal at the time as teammate and friend, but I just all he needed was to see us. A shadow in the corner of his eye, and he was gone. He was, yeah. uh, he was ten miles away. Feeling it, yeah. They, but when it, yeah, exactly. Just feel it. See, just, and she's not, she's not a super to, strong individual. I have to jump in at this point, though. I just that's again. I think it's just Hardy Quinn being overpowered because I have to jump in at this point because this has echoes to me of Captain America as a hydra agent. You're judging a disappointed decision. Halfway three issues. It's not even halfway through. Oh, yeah. Three issues oh, into what through. we have now established is a thirteen issue narrative. People were disappointed with Steve Rogers' Captain America because it was like Cap said Hail Hydra, and they were throwing. Not that you'd ever go this far. But they were throwing death threats his way. Nick Spencer. Oh, but I loved that. But you're I only three it. issues in the Heroes in Crisis. It was that it, moment. It's, it's not here in crisis. It's the disappointment. But, it's that moment. But if we get the issue nine and they go, that happened. Hardy killed Wally West. You can go, mm-hmm. fuck off. That is nonsense. You've but read at this, three. especially issue three, which is all about perception yeah. and about how they run simulations in Sanctuary. I don't think they're going to reveal a killer of Sanctuary of the all these characters. Three issues in. What if this the room? whole thing just turns out to be a simulation? Nothing happens. Don't say that, please don't. I hate that. It's a, it's, <laughs> it was all just a dream. It's the equivalent of it was all a dream. <laughs> so I understand your disappointment at <coughs> that moment, but what I would say is, a it goes back to what we said about having faith in creators. Yep. I don't think Tom came to do something that silly. Yeah. I just don't. I think he will throw it in there for a little bit of shock value. Of, mm. Fuck! Can't believe that just happened. But I don't see that happening. And the first two issues, he wrote <clears throat> Marley so well that I don't think he's suddenly going. Oh no, she can outrun the Flash and crush his head with the Yeah, and I guess I guess part of it is be- is probably because of the fact that my expectations have been raised so yeah. high. That, regarding that, that's fair. regarding that's Wally West, <clears throat> particularly since DC Rebirth. Yeah, Wally West, it seems, is the key to Rebirth. Well, that's yeah. it. Why go through all that? That's right. Bring him back. Yeah, just kill him. Don't, yeah, don't no, kill so him. That's, I will agree with that all day long. Yeah, and so Wally West now apparently being dead. And That's why it's all simulation. Yeah, dead. so so yeah, so that that so I, I it's going to be hard now. Unless it's all just a dream. Why is Wally dead? If Wally's yeah. dead, then what was the point of rebirth? And the whole that awesome scene that was key to rebirth where Wally, Wally yeah, exactly. You know what I mean. So don't. He's just like fading away. You know, stop like, playing games with my heart. What if this was that a Backstreet Boys reference? <laughs> Holy moly! From Keith Miller. What if in this the flesh? Steven's going to be very proud. What if this? I'm leads, very proud. Leads into the next big DC reboot. There is a little bit of an interest in that theory because of obviously the word crisis being used. Yeah. But because at the same time, Tom Keane has said. Issue sixty five to seventy of Batman is this. Issue seventy to ninety is this. But that's interesting. Unless, look, I see the way the extended the run of. But you're talking years in crisis. But you're talking three years for Tom King to finish that, even as a Fortnite title. Is it okay? Yeah. You're talking. He's in issue sixty one. He's yeah. thirty nine to go. Two a month. Twenty. Well, year and a half. Year and yeah. Half. Well, so yeah. what if they end up going? You know, push a wee bit. And then, yeah. last issue, loads of time travel happened with Booster Gold because Tom <laughs> King said that he's wanting to write something with Booster Gold. Because time travel. 
and it's just reboots the whole universe again. Because if Batman's <laughs> coming to zero, Batman's gonna have to get a restart at some stage when yeah. Tom King bounces off. So what if it just happens across the whole board and everything goes back back to one in the next year and a half? You know what? Based on just the Batman, I don't give the Tom Taylor. Anyway, we'll move a lot away from all this negativity. Yes. For biggest disappointment. I'm going to... I mean, this is going to be a very open category. It's not just going to be one thing, but we move on to most looking forward to in 2019. Just spitball it, boys. Yeah. Uh, what are we looking forward to? So... Uh, i got to say one word just to kick it off. Do it. Endgame. Damn it. Yes. Simple as. And yeah. now we come to the endgame. Doctor Strange, you spoilerific bastard. <laughs> um, Endgame, I'll just say it very quickly. Trailer was perfect. Trailer did, showed enough new footage without showing too much. Reminded us of the story that happened before. Gave us the date, gave us the title. Boom. Don't release another title. I just, yeah, I'm just going to say that. Marvel Cinematic, you do not need to release another trailer no. for this because this is a, this you is have a, done your job. This is a $2 billion movie. Yeah. No matter what. Yep. Yeah. Yes. All this needs is a couple of wee TV spots of just a big A on the screen. And even then, the TV spot should just be recycled footage from the trailer. Yeah. yeah, and Connor, actually, before he left, we were talking earlier on, and he said that, and I think he's absolutely right, that would have, people would have just lost their shit if the trailer had just been that scene with Doctor Strange going and now we're in the end game yeah. and just Avengers end game bum, bum, even, bum, just bum. Little, <laughs> even just that little bit of him going like I see one I see 16 million different yeah, possibilities yeah. It was. Yeah. I don't even think they needed that I think just that so just to give context to the title yeah I mean I'm, I know obviously my hatred for Iron Man as well documented but I love that scene of him in the ship I love the idea of hopelessness again it's, it goes back to what you say Keith of we love to see our heroes suffer. Yeah. I love this idea of hopelessness. Why do we fall, Bruce? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Chills. Chills. Um, oh, love it. Um, but no, I love the idea of Tony's at his last end and the, his main idea is I need to tell Pepper how I feel. Mm-hmm. It's not, guys, save the earth. It's not, you know, Steve, I'm sorry we drifted apart. It's Pepper, I love you. Here's why. I'm sorry, I'm not back. And I love that because it shows the human side of yeah. Tony. So I love that new footage, I have to say. I, I love the end of the trailer with the idea of Ant-Man being the MVP of this movie. Yeah. Can you remember? I love that. Remember? Guys, that in New York? Do you, know airport? do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? It's like, is this live? Do you know what? <laughs> this is this the thing. Through the classic Marvel's, Marvel Universe, it was always Hank Pym, the Ant-Man was always a big integral part of it. Mm-hmm. And it's Core Avengers member. Yeah, exactly. He mm-hmm. was the reason for Age of Ultron and all this. But now it's Scott Lang, who's an Ant-Man, fixing it all. Yeah, and I think, I think as we said earlier on, I think how Scott got himself out of the quantum realm yeah, will be interesting. is going to be yeah. key yeah. to this. The X-Men. Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea of it just being Louise, just going back and like going like, Scott, have you got my van? I lent you my van. And I'm waiting on my van. Oh, there's my van. Uh, you know, you know what I mean. You can see that yeah. just being it. But uh, I think Endgame. It's it's high on not just comic book fans. It's it's high on movie lovers yeah. Yeah. for next year. Yeah, simple it's a as big deal. Like that's big it. Time. So yeah, no, totally, totally so agree with you. So yes. that is my first so one. Yes, Infinity War was the end of ten years of movies, but 
Endgame this is, is launching the, the next 10 years yeah. the end of the 10 years yeah, I, don't, yeah I don't know I just oh, just seeing I can't wait just, just the idea of it just gives you like it's, and I can't I, wait for that and movie. I think the trick of it is that we don't know where it's going because no. this this is as Kevin Feige has said this is the end of the Marvel Universe as we know it yeah so what comes after the Marvel Universe as we have come to know it over 10 years you know it's that's class that's class you know can't but, wait uh, I'm really looking forward to it and again it's the same as the Kirkman thing they have engendered confidence in their yeah. fans that, that you're just willing to sort of let go and go you do what you want, you want to take me. I trust what you're doing yeah you know what I mean uh, comic side of things for me Endgame's up there for me like this well, what we'll do is we'll throw out you say one thing, you say one thing, I say one thing, we'll keep going until yeah, yeah. okay, we're running stuff. You're so up, go yeah. ahead, Keith, you're, you're next. Uh, Chips at Arsky and Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alan's got it written in his book. Daredevil and Guide to Spidey. Alright. He announced okay. that little um, yeah, Guide to Spider-Man through the different decades. You know you have your Guide to Spider-Man here. Oh, well, well this is true. Chip, sorry we don't need you. Can you cancel that title, please? <laughs> yeah, fuck out. Or if you want me on board, I'm good to go. <laughs> but yeah, Chip Zdarsky in general. I mean, we've been waiting for the big titles that Zdarsky's going to write since he signed that exclusive contract. We all thought it was going to be Fantastic Four yeah. after Marvel 2 and 1. It's all went a little bit quiet. Boom. Yeah. There's two yeah. babies. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's great on, he was great and spectacular. Um, the end of, uh, the end of, the, yeah. the way the run on the the last run on on Daredevil was just beautiful and I think a lot of see when you sit you're not going to read Daredevil are you? Uh, not at this stage I'm going to read the restart okay so spoilers first of all for Daredevil and I read the last issue you did so I tried I give you the last few pages yeah. Right? Yeah. so when you said the last four pages were really brave did you mean the four black pages yep yeah. Okay. Yeah. Followed by the rip off of Dark Knight Returns of the Heartbeat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I, but I think I don't think a lot of. Yeah. I. It was those. No, the, it was heartbreaking. Yeah. The whole like the last issue and you know wondering what was real, what was imagined. Yeah. Um, but the the real thing about that, about that issue at the end, and it was that that it wasn't even just the issue. It was that arc. Yeah. It was yeah. all all took place in the hospital bed. Yeah. Mm. But. It was those, you know, in a, in a world where we're paying too much for comic books and we're complaining about adverts, yeah. they put in four black pages. Yeah. And then, and a lot of a lot of reviews aren't picking this up, that that last blip was a heartbeat. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, was a, that wasn't a flat line. That was a heartbeat. Yeah, it goes up. It's yeah, up exactly. A line. It was, you know, that tachyogram, that shows that, you there's know, life. he was dead, but he is, there's proof of life. Yeah, you know but what I mean. In comic books, no one really dies. Yeah, so that was I mean, that was beautiful. And actually, it was interesting because now it's quite poignant because every issue of Marvel comics this month has got you know four well, black pages. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, it a, seems it, it seems strange that they've, yeah, they've done so, that with Daredevil, which they probably had before. Well, they had. Yeah, yeah, they hadn't realized that yeah. that was a that was a thing. Uh, so. So that's uh, well, I um I, I picked up I haven't read any of this Daredevil run but I picked up that last issue just because it was the death of Daredevil because mm. I I know that I want to jump on again when it goes back yeah, to yeah. so it was like right okay I'll read the last the last issue sort of just to see what's going on and I'm um, missing I'm gonna I'm gonna skip the 
the the five issue, the four issue miniseries, the Man of Fear. I'm gonna yeah. skip that, and I'm just gonna go straight on to. I don't know. I, I I'll I'll see what the reviews and what other people's reactions are to that four issues, and see what mm-hmm. happens. I know it's obviously behind New York is but like Daredevil, but it could be. It could be good. It could be. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be solid, I think. So that was Endgame and Zadarsky's Daredevil. What about yourself, Karen? Mine's the same word Doomsday Clock Squad. Right? It feels like I've been reading it for so long that it's been one of those things I've been waiting for and waiting for and waiting for. Yeah. I just can't wait to see how it ends. So we're eight issues in now. Yeah, we're getting close, but I know how we're saying it could just be a case where it'll just flop straight on its face. Yeah. And I'll be yeah, we've got Rorschach in them. DC Universe now. So we've got four issues left. <coughs> yeah. That, that's gonna be that's gonna be eight months away, so it's gonna be closer yeah. to the end of this year than the start of this year. Yeah, when I asked Jared this question of what he's most looking forward to in twenty nineteen he said the Doomsday Clock trade. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm sort of thought to see if it's a yellow <laughs> yellow and black cover like the original. Obviously and then I can't you have, have to buy it. You'd have to think the original tree you it's it's bound to be a cover, eh? It's bound to be the crowd, because the main Watchman mm. cover is the close up of the button, which yeah, then obviously. Yeah. So you would think that, but it might actually be the Superman Doctor Manhattan cover. If they had sense, it'd be the Rorschach lenticular. Oh, great cover! That's good. Great cover. In fairness, uh, yeah, good shout, Doomsday. Yeah, Clock. Doomsday Clock. What should be already be done by now? I mean, when I wrote it down, I wrote Doomsday Clock finale question mark. If it is. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what if they just go? Yeah, we're not into that. By that time, uh, Coffee and Heroes will have taken over all of Smithfield Market. Uh, our third news. If projections are correct. Yeah. Um, cool. So uh, I'll throw another one then. So White Knight 2. Awesome. You know, yeah. Based on... Azrael, this one, yeah. Azrael, I mean, I'm wondering... Azrael is Jason Todd. I was literally about to oh. say, I wonder, if oh. I wonder if they'll change the mythology slightly. Yeah. Because you know why that would make sense? Why would it make sense? So another thing I'm looking forward to next year is Detective 1000. Yeah. And they're bringing in the Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight, yeah. Now, in the game Arkham Knight, Jason, Jason Todd, Todd is the Arkham Knight. You've played that, have you not? Have you not played that? Really? You're not likely to. <laughs> no, I'm you not. played Spider-Man? <laughs> no, I, I got through uh, to, to, uh, the, the, the PlayStation game. Uh, I got through Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. I'm just a wee bit bored. Nice for it. Knight is very very good the but the Batmobile sections get a little bit dull right, right. they get a little repetitive but I'm actually I'm actually only playing off the fact that I'm in any way disappointed with yeah. Yeah. but the thing about it is see Price. the whole, <laughs> see the whole way through the story of Arkham Knight you're like it's Jason Todd it's Jason Todd it's Jason Todd yeah. please don't be Jason Todd please don't be Jason Todd oh shit I'm Jason Todd and you're like fuck it no, it made no sense <laughs> as a Batman fan it made it worse because the cap saying this is a brand new character. We haven't had this character yeah. anything ever before. Oh, it's just called Red Hood. Oh, never mind. But what they're doing with Detective 1000 is they're introducing the character of the Arkham Knight in the continuity. Is it Jason Todd? What I'm hoping is it's that. not because Jason Todd is Azrael from White Knight 2. Which we are at the same time. Though White Knight 2 is not... I know it's not connected, but I just, think it'd be, I just think it'd be a bit repetitive to go Jason Todd is White Knight 2. Yeah. But this is not related to... The Arkham Knight, which is Jason Todd, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Plus the, this is the thing, right? Theory time. Theory. Sit down, Bob kids. King's run is going to Bane. Bane breaks Batman's back again. 
I don't think he shows up. No, I don't think he's not. Away. I don't think he is. No, no, but as yeah. Azrael shows up, spitballing. Azrael showed up. Is this some white man took through? No. <laughs> after Azrael showed up, yeah. after Ben broke the bat. Yes. Azrael's showing up in White Knight. Night quest. When Ben is showing up in main continuity. So Arkham Knight could just be Azrael. But Azrael's been a massive part pick of... Uh, as Azrael's been a massive part of Detective Comics. No, but that's saying Arkham Knight could be in the place and of Azrael. And Odyssey. Arkham Knight could be in the place of Azrael instead of uh, the way Azrael was in Arkham in Nightfall. Azrael, so they've got the broken... But they've got him in main continuity because he's been in Detective Comics and he's been in Justice League Odyssey. Good point. So, Azrael is a total separate thing. I mean, even just the way you can see from the original Sean Murphy artwork he's released, he's got like the flaming sword. It's a new interpretation. And again, it's its own side thing, you know. But I just hope that Arkham Knight is not Jason Todd in the comics. Because Detective Gemini Robot suit. Oh my fucking God. Oh my God. That door. Yes. Yes. I thought the writer had left the room when Roddy went up. Boom. Roddy, I've got your back, Roddy. I like that. So that was two things I threw out there then. White Knight 2 and then Detective 1000. One thing I'm looking forward to 2019 is the uh, C-Word DC Universe Online or whatever the hell it's called is where it's going. It's uh, in Europe and the UK. Yeah. To see if they will bring. I think they have a lot more to worry about in terms of Europe and the UK. Wow. DC Universe Online. To be fair, fuck Brexit. No, but DC Universe. <laughs> it's just the case of where it's going because they've already announced all these quality TV shows that are coming, but they haven't announced what's. Tell the truth, you just want to know what's happening. Something. I just want to see if Hellblazer's coming back. <laughs> well, this is the thing. This is what's weird about it. So, I think a DC Universe would sell well worldwide. Yeah. But yet they're putting all of Titans on Netflix. That model worries me in that we have no plans next year or two. We're just but that could be a case that of... That model worries me in a general sense because I'm not paying for a Disney streaming channel and a DC streaming DC channel and Netflix, and Netflix and because suddenly Prime. you're paying more than you were yeah. paying for TV in the first place. But yeah. this is the thing. I could see this being a gimmick. Season one, Netflix. Everybody can watch it. You want season two? Yeah, you come on the Irish streaming service decade. I, I can see where you're going with that yeah in fairness it's like here's a wee teaser <laughs> but if you want the rest come on yeah. uh, another comic book we've talked about Jason Aaron I'm really looking forward to the Conan stuff uh, Conan the Barbarian Savage Story Conan uh, Jason Aaron's proven himself to be a a writer of uh, uh, Thor and Thor-like things and there's a bit of a connection there to the Barbarian side of things I think Conan's just going to be really gutsy, really, uh, really looking forward to that. Physically gutsy? Yeah. Yeah. Could, yeah. could you have a crossover between Conan and Thor? Do I don't think you'd need it. That would be good, though. Yeah, it would be. You could, but I don't know you need it's it. It's really interesting to bring up Conan just because of a guy who's in the store today. So a guy came in... Was, was Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, it's better than that. Oh. Um, Did so, he say, what is best in life? <laughs> a guy came into the store today and he picked up a... Hulk um, comic but it was based on like the Hulk animated TV show and he's like do you have any more of this and I said no is it for a younger reader and he said yeah and I said look I've got a couple of perfect things over here follow here's Conan no but so I showed him um, I I came across this line recently of Spider-Man comics it was part of marvelkids.com that's right so he picked up one of those and he's like oh well what about DC I was like well here's Teen Titans Go here is a Scooby-Doo team up with Batman. He's like, oh, man, oh, these are all perfect. Thank you so much. 
And I said, do you have any posters? So I lifted up the posters that were underneath and I had like um, Ironheart, I had Avengers. And I was like, I have this Conan one, but it's probably not so long. I was like, well, no, his name's Conan. His son was called Conan. Okay. And I was like, nice. let's have a look at the poster then. Opened it up. And it wasn't too bloody an image. It was like a tiny little bit of red at the bottom. That was it. Yeah. And I and he was like, oh, yes, definitely much for the poster. And I just went, there you go. Job done. Yeah. You know, comic, comic Spire sent us for free. There you go. And he was like, you sure? Oh, my God, that's amazing. But it was just more the interest that a guy had named his kid Conan. And he was only six. Yep. And I said to him, did you name it after uh, Conan the Barbarian? He said, no, Conan it's O'Brien. an old Irish mythology. That was my second. <laughs> I said, I just hope you haven't named them after Conan O'Brien. What's wrong with Conan O'Brien? It was to do with, I wouldn't even get after him. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, he was said it was to do with Irish mythology. He was a sidekick to someone in Irish mythology. I'm not too sure. But uh, it was just really cool. I thought that um, the guy named his kid Conan... <clears throat> I'm not named it after Arnold Schwarzenegger, which I thought was interesting. But uh, yeah, left happy with the poster. Always a good thing. Conan McMorna. Sidekick to who? Remember the Fianna, uh, the Irish mythology, portrayed as a troublemaker and a comic figure, fat, greedy, and blustering. Maybe his kid was really fat. Uh, I was a dog dicked about with Cahon. Oh, uh, there you go. It was uh, an ally of Finn McCool. Finn McCool, that was yeah. exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I just thought that was cool, but when I showed him the Conan poster, his face just lit up. I thought it was really cool. Was that the Was that the lad in Hellboy 2? Of Giants Causeway? Possibly. We have to get the end from. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, what category, else? worst comic Latin. I'm going to go. Yeah, looking forward to next year. I mean, yeah. Uh, Swords and Sorcery Can't Grow McCona yeah. I thought when you said Jason Aaron you were going to say War of the Realms I'm looking forward to War of the Realms forward to. Uh, yeah. they're starting the advertising early for that looks Obviously. like a crossover between mm-hmm. Thor and the Avengers both which are Jason Aaron uh, yeah. books but even the latest Thor had that little War yeah. of Realms yeah. is coming Thor Thor and uh, She-Hulk Curtain and War of the Realms is coming yeah yeah. Uh, and I noticed uh, there was a lovely uh, picture of War of the Realms which had Captain America riding on a Pegasus. Yes. So you just I'm good that kind of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not quite the Trinity riding on a Joker Dragon, but, you know. Well, yeah, that remains to be seen. They can try. They can try. We'll see what happens. We'll see how um, Something I'm looking forward to, more Martian Manhunter. Yeah, that first, first issue, issue was great. It was incredible. Uh, it was, was great. Have you read it? Not yet, but I'm... Yeah. It's so good. It, we'll not throw spoilers It's not what there. I expected, but it's great. It's I'm so say, different to the 80s cop movie. Yeah. It's it, think flawed cop. I was yes. going to say all of these cops flawed, are corrupt, so we're just think like flawed space cop, and who's green? Totally different to the rest of the these. Green Lantern. Not the <laughs> green. Just think, just think, totally different to the rest of the DC line. It is, it is awesome. I'm really looking forward to get more of it. It's very good. And more Shazam. As well. I'm looking forward to Shazam movie. Shazam movie. We'll throw that out there. Definitely. I mean. Shazam movie is an interesting one because it's a collaboration between DC slash Warner Brothers and New Line, and it's supposed to not be related to the rest of the DC universe. Supposedly it is three references. But when we watched the trailer, there was like newspaper clippings of the Man of Steel and the kid had a bat around and all this kind of stuff. Like a Aquaman T-shirt. So Shazam, Shazam has a hard act to follow now because I don't think when they started making that they thought they would have to follow up Aquaman. 
Yeah. And Aquaman I, is good. It's, it's kind of interesting. I'm really looking forward to Aquaman. I have been looking forward to Aquaman because it feels core to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you see, Shazam, I'm a Joker. I'm just intrigued by it. Yeah. Just because of the I, presence I of Walking Tunes. I didn't see a trailer. I'm just intrigued by Walking Tunes. Well, yeah, he's a great actor. You know, Brilliant yeah. actor. I don't think he would have like attached himself. Like Scorsese's producing. Yeah. You know, there's talent there. Is it a story that needs told? I'm not so sure. Killing Joke. But if these guys have an interesting take. It seems like they're just doing Killing Joke by Obama. It looks like a $20 million movie that they find, you know what, go nuts. Yeah. Do me mm. one. You know what I mean? Oh, but yeah. we'll see. No, I'm looking forward uh, to Shazam because it just it just seems like fun. If they if the Shazam movie is similar in tone to Shazam issue one that just dropped, perfect. Really cool. Goofy, fun, family orientated. Like the whole issue is all about like, you know, a kid becoming a superhero is just like Ooh, what I do. Yeah, you know what I mean? If it has the, that joy, it's the case of anybody could be this person. Yeah, uh, I would uh, I would highly recommend you read uh, Jeff Smith's uh, Shazam um, on the monster side versus the monster side of evil. New Fifty Two Shazam is um, out of this world. Well, this is this was totally separate. Jeff Smith was the guy who was the creator of Bone, uh, one of the single best uh, comics of all time, uh, without a doubt. The cross that might be the fill in the classical yeah. mixture. Uh, cross <laughs> between maps. described accurately as a cross between Lord of the Rings and Bugs Bunny. Uh, fantastic but, but he did a he did a great again it was square bound uh, book yeah. it was Shazam it was fantastic Jeff Smith Shazam great um, I'm looking forward to what Oblivion song yeah. is coming every issue I'm like Jesus what is happening next and I just think that's gonna that, that book is gonna power through 2019 yeah well the jump on that idea I'm looking forward to what Robert Kirkman comes up with yeah. next yeah. exactly yeah. Yeah. Part, part of the Robert Kirkman comes up with next I'm afraid yeah because <laughs> Walking Dead I feel like it is coming to an end it has to because again we spoke about it earlier but what's the ultimate end I mean the Commonwealth is what 50,000 plus strong they have cinemas they have theatre they have restaurants they have like, a problem it's just a case of Rick needs to either step up and take over or he's going to die just, well, just I mean, remember not to throw so don't, don't throw too many. You know, no, so no. the last, the last, the end of the last train. Like I think the new train is due very, very shortly after Christmas. Um, and you're, you have to say. I mean, I've been collecting some trade. I don't want to start collecting singles because I have thirty trades. Uh, but what we should do is when you're picking up your pull list, I'll just be like, "Here's Karen's copy. Just read it." Yeah, just read it. Yeah, that, that would suit me fine. Perfect. You, you know that? We're cool. We We're have good. it on. Vo- we have yeah. it on recording. He doesn't say anything. He just nodded. <laughs> no seriously if you want to do that it's, uh, go on ahead so the last I read was uh, sort of the Commonwealth story yeah Michonne reunited with her Michonne reunited and, but the issue was that uh, they'd come to meet Rick and Rick had come to meet them he had realised that they were classist mm-hmm. they're clearly all uh, oh you were a lawyer before the clearly all US you're a lawyer yeah, uh, where you know yeah and he's like whoa 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 that does not work uh, because all these people have been through a thing and if you're saying that society I think I think the issue is that Rick has Rick in the back of his head without even realising it has realised that his goal is to build a better society not the same society yeah Yeah. and that's a comment on how broken our society is you know what I mean through racism and 
which is gone now in more or less The Walking Dead. You know, you, you can't hate someone for their religion or their race because you got a fuckload more to worry about. Yeah. You know what I mean? So these people are going back into those same, the those same, same rhythms, yeah. you know, and Rick, I don't think that's ever what Rick has wanted and I don't think he's ever vocalised or realised that before because he's been too busy surviving. Yeah. Uh, but, but, sort of but now he's got yeah, the space so to the, think about yeah, it. Yeah, and I think that's, yeah. you know, I think it's great whenever a, a book that is about you know, well, you know well I guess it, it's yeah. it's that deep in but a book that is quintessentially about you know a zombie apocalypse yeah. can suddenly become relevant to our society yeah you know what I mean that yeah just the skill in the writing That's a, it's about the lack of upward mobility you know within society yeah. and yeah. yeah so yeah Kirk, Oblivion song specifically Kirkman generally Kirkman in general just an um, exciting talent to watch another thing I'll throw out we mentioned earlier in the podcast because the first episode drop that I really can't wait to see Deadly Class live action yeah. like hopes are high I can't wait to catch up with Deadly Class this year the thing is I there, there's a part of me that you know I'll, I'll admit it's a bit of a comic snob and the trades and the comics are so goddamn good but I want the show to be better I, I yeah. want them to improve upon that and I hope they do they might not we'll see but I'm not the kind of person that goes in these kind of things going the comic's so good this is not going to be as good I want it to be good yeah. I want it to be brilliant yeah. so we'll wait and see um, I'm um, really looking forward to that adaptation I have to say Far From Home Spider-Man oh yeah loved Homecoming loved it because Homecoming's one of the best MCU movies really yeah, you, oh, it's you a great movie it's in the bottom it's in the bottom seven right sorry you hate your Iron Man it's okay it's an Iron Man movie that's okay you hate your Iron Man it Anybody could have been in that spider suit, but just think, Peter far Parker from, should be special. Far from not home. here's a suit that will do everything. Far from home is going to be post and end game. Actually, I'm to. I will agree with you that I'm looking forward to it because I like Tom Holland in the role, but I again I'll probably be ganged up on this, but I don't like Homecoming's movie. I just I could have been anybody in that spider suit. Wouldn't made a difference. It's the only time it felt like Spider Man. To me, and again, I have limited knowledge, I will wholeheartedly admit, the only time that felt like Spider-Man was at the end when he made the choice of, I don't want that suit, I have to earn it. That was the only time he felt like Spider-Man to me. But it's, it's, it's my top three. Again, limited knowledge, movies. top three movies, Spider-Man for life. I don't know. Spider-Man for life. <laughs> that, should, that should be a title of a Spider-Man arc. Spider-Man for life. <laughs> That's what, uh, that's what they should have called like, issue 800. That should be the follow-up of Spider-Man yep. No More. It's Spider-Man for Life. Yep. So yeah. for me, I guess the big one that I'm looking forward to is, and we've been referring to it all the way through the podcast, so I think it's, it's fair for me to write Just up. like Dark? Oh, same. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking forward to the trade. I'm just oh, like yeah. Dark. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that trade. because you. looking been... forward to see how they're going to do the trade. Yeah, with arms stuff just in there. I'm looking forward to uh, to Marvel turning that corner, just completing that turn, and uh, I, I just as we've said earlier on, I think they're moving the right direction. Uh, I hope I hope DC stay where they where they are, mm-hmm. but I'm really I mean I'm a perfect faith that Marvel are gonna are gonna be up there, and, and how they do that, whether that's by by shedding a bit of fat and. And pinning down some great creators as they're doing, yeah. Keeping on the trajectory they're on, not having another reboot, 
getting rid of this fucking love for relaunching number ones every 10 minutes I mean do number ones every so often for original titles but, but you don't need to be relaunching 50 books every month don't, don't you know put I mean? Avengers back to number one just for the sake of putting Avengers yeah, exactly. they are yeah. it's called Avengers No Road <laughs> yes oh yeah well, they're, no they're but it, don't do it again after that <laughs> it's interesting you say that because the last previews podcast we did I had to admit that the previews book was more exciting for yeah, Marvel than DC I agree. And I I almost struggled for five... I'm, there, I mean, there's a part of me, the reason I struggled was because I always tried to introduce new titles to people. And DC have so many strong ongoing titles. But Marvel, I saw more interesting jumping on points. Yep. Or yeah. number ones, or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, yep. I'm, I'm really curious to see the next previews book. I mean, I say that, I say that meaning that, that, that I hope Therefore, on average, the entire... Because, I mean, I, ch- I chose Image as my favourite publisher. Yeah. Uh, the stuff they're putting out is fantastic. It's so varied. Uh, I'm loving a lot of what DC's doing. You know, I, you'd have to be blind not to acknowledge that there's a wee bit of catching up to do. But the, but therefore, I just hope the entire industry, you know, by Marvel catching up, the entire industry improves. Yeah. You know what I mean? It stays in a height. That's it. I mean, demonstrates I've, the quality that, that is there, you know. I suppose the main thing I would just look forward to... And, 2019 as bad as it sounds it's more of the same like the quality in 2018 has been so high we've you know we've thought about each individual category and had three four five six seven answers for every time mm-hmm. we've had lists of what's been great this year i think the industry in terms of talent has never been healthier in terms of writers in terms of artists in terms of variety and you know in terms of having a strong indie lineup, whether it's just Image, but also Dark Horse, Dynamite, Valium, Aftershock, etc., etc. As Roddy mentioned earlier on, a new Comics imprint rising with TKO. Um, I like to think the industry's never been stronger. So, in a sense, I hope for more of the same. Yeah. Well, as they say in Thailand, same, same, but different. Spot the man who's been to Thailand the last few months. <laughs> what 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 did you ask for that they said same same but different? Well, it's not it's 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 whenever you're McDonald's. it's whenever you're you're looking at uh, street food stalls and everybody eats and you're not quite sure exactly what it is. Yeah. But you maybe want it with a wee bit more of something. A wee, a wee something something. Yeah, yeah. So you want the same but different. Same same. <laughs> same but different. Same same but different. So you want the same quality but. Different stories. That's a fair way of putting it. I want the quality output to be higher than it's ever been. But I mean, I love the amount of articles you see on a daily basis. It's comic book creators talking. I love their presence on social media. I I love the fact they get back to you when you tweet them. Yeah. No, no, I still know. Jim's telling the four, still going to just ignore me. It's all right. We still love you, Karen. We but we're talking about tweeting, we're not talking about sitting outside his house. Oh, <laughs> I misunderstood that. <clears throat> Anything else to throw in for looking forward to next year? Just what new stories are going to come out of? Like, there's been such great titles that came out twenty nineteen that we didn't know, or twenty eighteen that we didn't know about in twenty seventeen. Yeah, just to see what more originality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See yeah. what Tom King's yeah. going to do. It's a, it's a fantastic. <clears> see what for... book Tom King's going to be given after yeah. Batman. It's a fantastic if medium for originality this year. I don't think it will be because he's still got no, but that's the thing. it'll be close to the, the end of Batman yeah so I feel like if he's going to be moving on to something big is that what TKO is Tom King's originals 
Ooh. Oh, shit. Son. <laughs> I think you found something out there. That's it. That's right. a one. Well, we're going to move on eight hours after we start recording to wow. the final category of the night. <clears throat> Kieran starts working five hours. Oh, uh, Keith starts work whenever he wants. I open the store in seven hours. We're at the last title. Here we are. We final started with six. We ended with three. So here it is. It's the equivalent of the best picture Oscar, best title of the year. Batman. <laughs> really? Batman's best. It's quality after quality. There was no down was points about Batman. I'm not expecting that. I don't. I I didn't know what to pick as the best. But, but I love that. I love that guttural instinct of I said it and you went. It's my go-to title. Batman was... That was me punching my hand, by the way. I just got punched in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Batman was the one thing throughout the whole year that this... That every... Every other Wednesday, I went, fuck it, Batman's out. Yeah. This is it. I'm going to read it. Most... Like, the most of the time Batman's came out, I've either got a desk, come out, went home and read it, or read it in shop. Yeah. I've never wanted to miss an issue of Batman because Tom King is such a good writer on Batman that it is amazing all the way through. Boom, done. Agreed. Done. Yep. Keith? Uh, no, for me... Keith agreed with Batman, that's it. No, I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. Uh, so, this was... Let me see... I had 19 titles that I was choosing between. No, so there were 19 titles. it could be Avengers uh, Surrender. It with... could be Extermination. <laughs> it, could, it could be The Immortal Hulk. I mean, Captain America was strong. Punisher I... War Machine was... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's also regarded me as a Spider Man and Venom, which were also really strong. Good point. Well, so, yeah. so, head of stand. Title uh, of the year for Keith. And obviously, Thor, Mighty Thor, great stuff. Title of the year for me is Invincible. Invincible. Uh, Invincible finished this year after a 144 issue run over 12 five years. years. Five, five and a half years. Uh, back to back. It's, uh, and it's a thing of beauty. Uh, it's uh, a love letter to the superhero genre. Uh, Did it, would, would you argue that it started out as a parody of the superhero no, genre? No, I don't but think... But it ended as a love letter? No, I, I, I don't no, know, I haven't read it. No, I don't think that. That's, I think that I, I... No, I don't... It was never a pastiche, it was never a parody. It was mm-hmm. always... Uh, it was always respectful of the, the genre while uh, testing the limits of it mm-hmm. uh, and addressing the 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 tropes of it yeah. uh, and, and testing those tropes and shaking them on turning them upside down and and still being quintessentially it was it was uh, Superman it was Spider-Man it was uh, the X-Men it was the Avengers you know it was Batman it was the Teen Titans it was someone who has a very very complete knowledge of the, the superhero genre and what what is good about those things and what is bad about those things mm-hmm. uh, and it was great it was great from the moment from the first moment where mm-hmm. where this guy who we didn't know called Mark Grayson was sitting on the sofa uh, his mum was making dinner behind him asking where dad was and uh, Mark sitting watching the TV went oh he's in China and he looks mm-hmm. at the TV and there's uh, there's a Superman uh, you know that that, that Superman the archetype who was Omni-Man mm-hmm. uh, fighting 
the equivalent of Fin Fang Foom on the TV and Morgan always in China I'm sure oh be there's like, that yeah there's that he'll be home in five minutes I'm sure <laughs> and then his dad comes through the Hopefully door hopefully drinks curry you know <laughs> his dad comes through the door and it's just like they sit down at dinner and it's clear then from that moment that uh, that Mark is the son of this world's Superman this world's Omni-Man who is uh, Voltramite and in the first issue uh, you know his father explains to him what Voltramites are they're from an alien world they're you know but they're peaceful people and such and such and this and that and the other and came to earth and fell in as a scout and fell in love with this woman and then Mark was the, the product of their union and uh, and Mark expects of course to have superpowers very very shortly and then he's, he's working at McDonald's or the equivalent of McDonald's and then when he's, he's, he's beaten down and he's taking the, taking the rubbish out and he, he goes to fling the rubbish bag into the bin and it goes into orbit and he just goes yes, yes. <laughs> you know, time has got uh, set. <laughs> you know, and then to the moment where you know his dad takes him to the guy who makes his costumes, and he makes Mark a costume, and he becomes invincible, and that costume changes throughout. You know, right through meeting Alan the alien, who is the representative of the Galactic Federation equivalent, and you know everything's going out, and and the the twists and turns, and the the absolute uh, cliffhangers, and the fact that after twelve issues and typical Kirkman style it is not what you expect it to be and we find out the truth about his dad and the truth about the Voltramites you know right through until 144 is 12 years later when Mark gives the same speech to his son that his dad dad gave to him but same same but different <laughs> oh that was so class that's a master storyteller he right didn't there. even have invincible written down he just picked it <laughs> yeah. so, and, and I'll not tell you I'll not tell you why it's the same or why it's different but because uh, I don't want to but you just need to read Invincible if you if you love comic books for superheroes then you need to read Invincible there's no there's no way around it there's no talking around it you just need to read Invisible. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. let's, get, let's get everything in it that you want and let's get everything in it that you need and it's everything in it that you'll recognise but it's still perfectly original. It'll still surprise you. It's a thing of beauty and it's a thing of beauty to have as Image do those massive compendiums of 48 issues. Yeah. Uh, I've got three of them on my shelf that tell the whole Invincible story and I'm really looking forward to getting back into them again now that the story's finished. When, when did you jump into Invincible in single issue form? Uh, I read all of Invincible digitally mm-hmm. uh, up until the time that I started coming into the shop. Um, I was still reading it digitally. Yeah. And then I got the last six issues. Just pure curiosity, simple, because I remember you coming in even to get the last issue. And anytime Keith comes in, it's always pretty big pile. I'll usually sort of put it out, like dealing cards one by one. And I was like, last issue of Invincible. Yeah. I remember even saying it and big smile appeared on his face. He's like, can't wait to tuck into that. I mean, any long-form series like that is only as good as it's ending. Yeah. yeah and it's, uh, yeah. if it sticks to landing, it's so satisfying. It's, it's a thing of beauty. It's, it's a really, really great... You, you just... You come to... The, the, just, yeah, just read it. Just read it. Yeah. You know? It's great. Well, it's well, I'm first to rely. He dropped me Secret Wars so he can throw in your companion pack. No, I'd love to read Invincible. I mean, my only exposure to... Invincible was in a crossover issue 
that we talked about recently. It was um, the Astonishing Wolfman. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was a couple of trades that another regular Jay had lent me and Invincible actually like pops up in the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, did Kirkman do an extended universe beyond that? Yes, he did. Uh, Astonishing Wolfman is part of the Invincible universe. Yeah. Uh, it's part of the Super Dinosaur universe. Super Dinosaur, yes. Because I came across issues in that in the uh-huh. shop the other day. Uh, Tech Jacket is part of the universe. Yeah. Tech uh, Jacket, yeah. There's an Avengers JLA equivalent called Guardians of the Globe. Guardians of the Globe, um, who feature. Uh, there's a variety of different. You'll you'll recognize all the characters in it because. Mm-hmm. In some cases, in a lot of cases, they're analogs of characters you know. Yeah. But there's a twist on them, or there's you know, and you're comfortable with them, uh, and you you expect certain things from them, and then Kirkman goes, "Are oh, you expected that? That's not what you." You thought it was going this way. Uh-huh. No, I don't think so. So so yeah, there's an extended universe, and there was a there was a book that was released called Invincible Universe, uh, for that exact reason. Um, yeah. Have you read through all of Universe as well? Yeah, it was a very short run book. But yeah, that's all part of the, the compendiums. Oh, okay. Uh, so that, that's, that's a complete... Nicely put book. together. Yeah. Uh, it includes a limited series, uh, which was uh, Adam, Eve and Rexplode, mm-hmm. um, who are the equivalent of kind of Marvel Girl and kind of Gambit. You know, uh, they're part of a group that Invincible joins, very a youthful group that Invincible, a Teen Titans, uh, Titans type group that Invincible joins very early on. Uh, and as you know, so he goes through this whole process of leveling up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's great, it's great stuff, it's great stuff. Yeah. Excellent. So, title of the year for Keith was Invincible. Uh, a title that neither Kiana I have read, but I have a feeling we'll be talking about it on next year's podcast <laughs> as the classic we've never read before, given our both mutual love for Kirkman. I would give it that classic title now, and it's only been finished since since March. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to any sort of indie comic series. It, it needs to finish well. And it's one of my great loves is Why the Last Man and it ends fantastically well. I'm looking forward to Um, how that goes. It's the kind of thing where if it didn't end well it would leave a bit of a "Mm, the journey was better than the destination but by the sound of Invincible had it all. So Mm -hmm. uh, I'll look And again it gives me faith that whatever Kirkman does he has planned it out ahead of time. He knows how Walking Dead is going to end. He knows how Oblivion Song is going to end. Do you think we should organise like a trip to America and just like hold them a gunpoint just like what an end? Just tell us, yeah. or we could, or we could take him out for a pint. Good. How does it end, then, Mister Kirkman? <laughs> Another drink. <laughs> Whiskey's your uh, tipple of choice, isn't it? <laughs> Excellent. So, yeah, that brings it down to the very last part, which is my own personal title of the year. I'm not even going to talk about it for long because we've talked about it several times throughout this podcast. It has to be Doomsday Clock for me. Yeah. Um, nice. It, it it can't be anything else. It, there's no other comic book this year. As much of a Batman fan as I am, as much of an image fan I am, there's no title that I pick up this year. When when I open those diamond, you know, boxes, you know, I open them up with my Batarang. Cheers, Keith. Uh, my uh, essentially my you know box, from Thailand. All the way from Thailand. Same, same but different. Yeah. It's essentially my box cutter. They're modelled after the uh, the Batman Begins Batarangs. And as soon as I open that box, if I see Doomsday Clock, I literally just go, oh, oh, 
awesome. And I lift it up. Oh, it's been two months. Card stock, beautiful artwork, amazing cover. I look at it every time and just go, oh, so special. I mean, I'm going to throw, I mean, we've talked about it enough at this point, but I'll throw in one little thing that we noticed in the cover. So, and again, it shows the level of detail in this. The cover for issue seven, variant. So, issue 7's variant is Rorschach beating up the Joker, Joker. right? So, what you see is like the flailing hands of the Joker, Rorschach on top, playing cards flying. And just in the background, there's like a tall building. And on top of it, there's a clock. And Kieran sent me a picture of it. I was like, did you notice the extra detail? And I went, yeah, if you look at the clock, it's a couple of minutes to midnight, like the Doomsday Clock. And he went, no. I meant Batman standing on top of it. <laughs> and we both noticed different things in the same cover. So he's like, you were looking too hard. It was a, but the thing is, once he pointed out Batman, I was like, See, it, did, I, it, just, I don't know. It just looked like a wee point on top of the clock, but there was a wee bit of a cape coming off it. If you looked at it, it's, it's blatantly Batman. Yeah. But I even love the, the idea of that cover of Batman just watching Rorschach, like, just fucking get him. Get him. On. Just yeah. keep punching him. No, imagine Batman being like, I can't kill people, but you can't. Yeah. <laughs> Leaves a gun sitting beside him. <laughs> he throws a gun. Oops. It's not, it's not, me, it's not me using it. <laughs> throws a gun. Oops. Like drops a magazine for it. Oh, no. Uh, Butterfingers. <laughs> Butterfingers, Batman. But yeah, I, I, I can't look past Doomsday Clock. It both yeah. kills me and I love it. That you got to wait two months, but it's worth it every single time. It's our second highest pull in the store of any title. After Kieran. Um, <laughs> apart from Kieran, of course. It's true. Um, in fact, you know what? It's actually our biggest pull in the store. Because if I include the variant covers as well, it is the biggest pull in the store. Because there are certain people that only collect the variants. There are people, such as Kieran, who collect A and B for every issue. Yeah, it's the biggest pull in the store, and, and I think justifiably so. Um, just it yeah. just feels like an event. It is every it's time. A fucking very long event. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an event in slow motion. It is. Twi- yeah, it's like an event that's going like t- like half the speed. <laughs> I should say at this point it's twenty past three in the morning. So you know, Karen's just like an event. This feels even longer. <laughs> <coughs> so yeah, there it is. So we come to title of the year for Karen was. Was it what Batman? Batman. <laughs> it, was Gear, it was Walking Dead. For Keith, it was Invincible. Invincible. And for myself, it was Doomsday Clock. So, yeah, that's going to bring it to an end. That um, nice. We started with six. We ended with three. Two and a half. We ended with three at three in the morning. Yeah. Um, but I have to say, it's been a pleasure geeking out. There's a uh, whiskey in the hands. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's, gents. And indeed. And 2018 awesome year for comics yeah. really hope 2019 is just as good so we're going to sign it off there your host as always Alan Kieran and Keith and we will see you lovely people in 2019 mm-hmm.